And welcome to the Crash Chords Podcast. What are you doing? I have no idea. I, I need to know what that is because I otherwise, think, I don't know. He's doing. I, I, I have no I was, place to go from here. I, was, doing, I have nothing to work off of. I was doing. Go, I was no, 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 going no. as deep as possible. He's doing Vincent twice. Vincent twice. Is that like a playoff Vincent Price? Yes. Yeah. Is that the Muppets? Oh the yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, he would always repeat that. it too. Right. It was always. Uh, well, that's like Jimmy two times from um, what was it? Was he like the count? I'm gonna go get like the papers. Buddy. Get the papers. No, no, no. He was the dude doing the Vincent Price introduction to like some sort of epic, scary moral story. Right. Except it was it was Sesame Street, so it really wasn't like epic or scary. It just had morals. Right. <laughs> Since we're well, all talking it, now, <laughs> um, we're on three different things again. I want to start. Best. I want to start the episode by introducing our guest this week. Hops is joining us. Hello. It's so good to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Um, People I, were just hearing your voice. He could have just like sidled in there and not introduced himself. He could have gotten away with that. He could have. You know. um, I first met Hops uh, when he opened for Shape of the Dark Lord a few, few months back and loved his stuff. And since then, I fell in love with more of his work that I found online. And so I asked him to be, join us on the podcast. And um, he's actually the one who brought us our album this week. Um, before we get into the album, though, I do want to mention, as I always do, um, the Wasties are playing this coming week on the 21st at the Way Station. Come out if you're a New York local. Come see them band. They're a lot of fun. There's always lots of drinking and Irish-ish songs. I- Irish. It's already there. And the, the, the suffix was present. You did not have to add another suffix. Irish-ish. <laughs> They're already the Irish. They're Ire. With a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of ire, <laughs> a little bit of ire and a lot of fish. <laughs> the right. actual you would you would actually phrase it as Irish like. Why? Because Irish ish just sounds so bad. <laughs> I I have a friend whose father he's, I am not Jewish. I am a Jew. There's nothing ishy about me being a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I like That's that. That's great. I like that. Perfect. That means every culture, I mean, a lot of cultures are already just kind of ish. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, I'm um, very Anglo-ish, you know. See, and that's not, the, interestingly enough, there's no Anglish. It, well, it's Eng- English. Well, it's English. Oh, oh, I just stumbled upon a gold mine here. Yeah, of course. Yes, totally. I'm very so, Ingle. There's nothing ish about me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can cut that. You can yeah. cut that out. No, oh, t- no <laughs> we, we, we can keep that, most yeah, definitely. We'll totally edit that out we'll later. No, we won't. No, we won't edit anything that. out. Um, why don't we jump into our album this week, um... Hops had brought it to us, so yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about it? The album is Vapor City by Machine Drum. And, uh, one word? Machine, yeah, one word. Um, and Machine Drum is an electronic musician from North Carolina. Huh. And uh, I think he actually lives in Berlin now. I think he lived in Brooklyn for a while. He did a bunch of shows in Brooklyn. and uh, He's released a ton of stuff. I think he put his first record out when he was like 19, um, and I think he's like 30 now, so he, and I mean, you go on his Wikipedia page and there's tons of stuff. He's done a lot of remixes, he's got a ton of singles. Um, definitely I, taking some steps up in the world. I mean, going yeah. from North Carolina to Brooklyn is probably a bigger step than going from Brooklyn to Berlin, right. in, in exactly. my mind. So. Exactly. Um, well, it's Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Exactly. It speaks for itself. 
Yeah. So anybody knows. Um, very thick accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think he actually got his start in like country and like folk, hmm. which is really interesting, uh, especially when you listen to his music. Um, I was about but, to say we didn't have it. We have never had anybody from North Carolina except perhaps the Carolina Chocolate Drops. It's in their name. Yeah, right. they're, they're all about they're... the folk and, and the Americana. Yeah. But the, it's more Appalachian than anything else. Um, I mean, we're going to shoehorn them. You're going to be fair about this? Seriously, yes. guys, yeah. of all the semantics, <laughs> this? Of all blame the him, Blame him. Yeah. I'll continue. Would you like to know where swinging a cat comes from? No. <laughs> Can um, I tell you a no. Well, no, I was just going to say, uh, I've, I've heard of his massive amount of stuff. I've only heard four of his records, uh, one to one two. Spelled want to one two. Clever. He's very obsessed with the one two uh, thing. You'll see um, it later. You'll see it later. Um, which was a really, really long album with like tons of different styles, and it didn't really come together for me. But there's lots of good songs on it, um, and it's very like everything he does is good. There's a lot of craftsmanship to it, but it's not always easy to listen to, which I think is something very interesting about him. I, thought, uh, and I suppose his, you could say, just, just to interrupt, there's, yeah, there's sure. a little bit of, um, I understand what you're saying, that it's not always easy to listen to. For instance, some of the ambient albums that we've had here, like for instance, when we were talking about Boards of Canada and their album earlier, uh, Tomorrow's Harvest, mm -hmm. and how... We all of us were saying, even though a lot of us on this side of the room, we kind of liked that album. It was work. It really was work because mm -hmm. there is there's a bore factor to it, a very very heavy heavy bore factor that goes with ambient and even a lot of chill wave and basically anything that, that falls under the whole drone genre. Right. It kind of takes a little bit more of a conscious, uh, active listen if you're really really going to to be pulled into that world. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Well, and what's interesting about this album, and I won't get into details right just yet, but it is, it is not drastically different from his other stuff, but it's concise and it's more cohesive than his other stuff because usually he dabbles and he'll go from house to jungle to hip hop to almost even pop, hmm. and this is a very like, it's it's heavy with with bass and beat, but it has a lot of ambient sort of sounds to it. Um, well, I'll, I'll cite what I observed for the moment. Um, take just some of the music here. A lot of it, I think, is borrowed a little bit from R&B, the kind you'd find like in the sound bites and the backdrop of that genre, which otherwise would provide just a singular mood or backdrop for, for that. And it only is because it's backseat to the vocalist. And it takes those sound bites and it takes it sort of the next logical step and makes more complex work out of that alone. Whereas otherwise it would just get looped and looped and looped. And I'm not saying there's no looping going on in this mm -hmm. album here, but it, it, it takes it the next step. It goes, it does much more with those sound bites than would ever be done otherwise. Right. It, normally it's just cut, paste, repeat. And right. this is, this takes it much farther than that. Yeah. He's very good about automation and, phasing and 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 making sure that every time you hear those vocal samples that he's doing something new with them to mm. make them sound more interesting the further along the song goes so just to throw out some names here for anyone interested in some stuff on these lines i would compare them to bands like prefuse 73 and uh 
Thievery Corporation, which in fact a lot of that a lot of the work that Thievery Corporation does is not always their own. It's either compilations of existing work, and then they throw it in together as kind of a weird remix hash. Same with Prefuse Seventy Three. Yeah. So lots of work with sound bites. Who wants to begin? Why don't you take us into the first track, uh, Hops? Okay. The first track is called uh, Gunshotter. Yes. One word. Yeah. Gunshotter. In fact, um, most of these words are meshed together in one word. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of that. It's his um, thing. <laughs> Let him do it. Um, but, uh, no, I, I like this song. I think it's a great way to start the album. Uh, I, I love, love the... the Go ahead. The building uh, on top of the deep drops. Yeah. The deep dropout of the bass work with that high-speed beat work uh, really sets a great precedent for what he does with the rest of the album. It, it, it really is showcasing the bass very well, the bass levels, the deep, deep chords, and the kind of muffle sound that is perpetuated throughout this album. Mm-hmm. And I like that sort of underground, underwater type of a feel that he's it, it, working here. It, it bookends the track. It starts off sort of as it's underwater, and then it rises up, and everything becomes a lot clearer and crisper, and then at the end it just sort of fades away right. into the night. And kind that, of sweet. That also goes back to what you were speaking of. It showcases the phasing. It showcases the evolution he puts into his tracks. And mm. this is a great, just for that, that alone, a great introduction to this album. It's also sort of a burgeoning into existence kind of feel. It's like when something is so muffled in the beginning and you start off with that electronica feel, it, it's like it just, there it is, a snapshot in time. And then as soon as it comes, it goes away. Yeah. So it's just kind of a theme I noticed throughout several of these tracks. But on the whole, I would say that as an intro, this was really no exception to the rule of um, you know playing with sound bites, having them repeat. But I will say I was... I will agree with you, John. I was very surprised about the beat work. It was a lot more complex than what you get on, oh, let's say, e- even just general techno stuff. A lot of times techno can be very predictable in what it delivers. And this, I think, perhaps, for his namesake, Machine Drum, <laughs> Drum Machine, has something. I think that's really where his uh, his primary talent lies. Yeah. And and this is where it's actually going to start. This This is where his stuff diverges from what you would consider house or techno. In that it's not the speed of dancing, right? It's the speed of cruising, and that's a important distinction between this and other artists. This is, to its namesake, chill wave. It's it's something that you relax to. You're not getting hyped up to. Yeah. Even with uh, the way this song itself sort of brings those deeper muffled noises and brings them out into the forefront. Uh, coupled with the the splicing of the vocals, which was was done excellently, it it's not fast enough to to bounce to, and it's not slow enough to really lull you. It's it promotes movement, but slow movement. I recall you saying almost the same exact thing for Deep Chord, uh, yeah. and their album Somer at the time. You did no, you did. You really did yeah, say no. that same exact thing. That it's sort of in that nice middle ground. Which I, I will say this: that is a nice. It's a nice place to be mood-wise. You really not, not everyone listens to music because they want to fall asleep, unless you're actually whipping out the stuff that's tailor-made to make you fall asleep. Like I have narcolepsy. I need to fall asleep right now. Mm. So you get that stuff. But other people might find bands that it just helps. But usually you want to be placed into a mood actively, normal, normally. Well, this this song, uh, as far as intro tracks go, does a good job of engaging you. I don't think it's it's definitely not the best thing on the record, but it's it's engaging enough for an intro track that you want to hear more. You want to know where it's going to go, 
especially with the works that they're displaying between the vocals, blending well with the beats, well, the go, interesting beat work, and so on. I go back and forth on it, because yes, there are some things about this that are a little bit predictable, which could have led me to believe I was going to get a different album than what I, than what I got. Um, for instance, some of the loops, I mean, they are, it could have gone the direction of, of Somer by Deep Chord. It very well could have, based on this first track. But I will say the beadwork, I think, is what really separated. That's where you get the, the complexity that kind of separates it from the pack. Very elongated loops that are changing, alternating, lots of triplets, hemiolas, almost sporadic at moments. Like, some guy just sort of starts slapping you in the face. It's kind of that crazy, the beadwork, the, the drum machine in the background. Uh, not always predictable. It goes through predictable segments, but then it just phases out, and you're not really sure where it's going to go. I, yeah. That was the most alluring thing to me about the intro. I, I really love... I think it's around... I want to say like 2.15. About, yeah, about two minutes into it, um, there's this percussion sound, and it's, it's kind of like a mallet. It's like a high-pitched mallet sound. Um, and it literally takes it from this song that so far is is very i think hip hop inspired uh especially with the title gunshata you know which is also very like reggae yeah. um inspired but it takes it from this like slow like what are we getting ourselves into into this sort of okay it's it's time for business and welcome to the album here we go um i wish i could describe the sound better you'll have to go and listen to it uh, I believe but, that was the same point where they actually dropped out most of the actual layering. It is. Yeah, it is. And brought in just that vocals, the vocal uh, uh, pitch changing coupled with that really muffled big bass drum. I'm trying to think. Yes, there is. A, yeah, the bass drum gets really big. You've got the high pitched percussion instrument. I'm not sure if there's any vocals there. I think that's what was sort of interesting about it, is the vocals actually, like, dropped out of the picture for the first time yeah. in the entire song, because Gunshata is repeated for the first, like, two minutes of the song. Yeah. And then they take it away, and the song almost becomes something completely different. I mean, the beat stays the same, but there's just more layers over it, and so it feels... it, it, it it's, it's the same song, but it feels a little different. Well, see, when the vocals are there and certain other things start growing in complexity, it makes me sort of forget the, the moments in which the more the briefer, more defined drum loops are, are staying kind of regular. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems to be, and that, that's what I kind of think kind of saved the track for me, is that it seems to be very, very, pre, very organized. Mm-hmm. For instance, when, when there's stuff going on, well, the drums take a back seat, and then when the stuff pulls out, then the drums start, that, that is the forefront. So that's what I thought was kind of, cool about the trade-off here a lot of times you know it would very uh, a track like this would very easily just recede everything and then you're left with with almost a minute two minutes of just the same thing repeating over and over again at which right. point you got to wonder where it's headed this wasn't that case though i think that 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 speaks to the control of the reverb of the instruments uh the, it the, was heavy verb throughout this this track. There's the album, album. It's, yeah. album it's sure. the control of it because it's not present throughout the entire even segment of the instrument, the 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 drum work, the the bass work will stay very similar throughout the whole song, and it's not just the altering of the volumes, but the altering of how much distortion is being created by the instruments that really does a great job of keeping it fresh. Right. Well, yeah. There's a song later on the track when we get to it that is all that mostly. You mm-hmm. know, this yeah. warping and twisting. 
with the reverb and volume. Yeah. There's definitely, I, I will say one more thing about this, and that was just the soundbite, um, apart from Gunshot, but the soundbite that was repeated so many times, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean it was repeated so many times, although it was, I mean that was what they were actually saying so many times. Almost like it's a bit mulling. Like, there's, yeah. there's a lot of mulling going on within the track. Like, you're stuck in someone's mind a little bit. Yeah. And uh, that theme, I think, returns a little bit later. Oh, Although definitely. not immediately. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there are definitely some themes later in the record, for sure, that suggest turning inward and introspective. Exactly. Um, shall we hit to track two? Oh, we may. <laughs> Why don't you take us into it, Steve? Infinite Us. Well, I'm going to put it out there generally here. I love this track. At least because it lives up to its name, Chill Wave, because it gave me chills. Which maybe is not what they were intending, but what the hell. Either case, just the intro itself. Piano intro, but not Mm. just any basic piano intro. It begins with chords that sort of center around the upper partials. Mostly a finite series of 11th chords, which I'm always a sucker for anyway. But what's more fascinating here is that they're only block chords, which just from a basic piano 101 standpoint is the most simple form of any chord that you can possibly do. You just stack up the notes as they appear. 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, etc. No inversions, no fancy jazz voicings where you clump up certain notes and make them denser in one area than others. It is just very even. Place your hands evenly in the keyboard and there they are. And that makes it all sound very raw, very fundamental. It goes through these even chords and it, it establishes its loop and that repeats throughout the rest of the track as as other instruments join in and make it more complex but the raw block chord does not change what i think uh, and it i think there's a sign of this in a lot of the record but it really stems out in infinite us is starting with a basic format like that makes it so much more approachable and then they bring in so much more later there's nothing simple about its construction but the pieces are simple and they're putting simple pieces together to make something more beautiful and complex. Right. This is a showcase in the expansive nature that that uh, machine drum can do. The the first thing they bring into this piano work is that really really heavy, almost guttural beat. Oh yeah. And that that starts and that completely changes the piano work. Well, actually, and then it goes into the 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 more snare drummy style. Yeah, and that completely re- reinvents it. And there, it's, there's it's a amazing. series. There's a series of progression here. I'll outline that. The, fir- the first beat that joins the chords, I, I actually found very crisp, uh, but this time more even, more persistently looped, which is not a bad thing. It works really, really well in this instance because of the whole eyebrow-raising nature of the block chords themselves. Uh, and then on top of that, he adds this drumstick sort of clapping together, and that punctuates the existing rhythm just before just after certain notes which kind of keeps you on your toes so it makes everything a little bit more interesting and then the synth bass drops in i think that's what you're describing john that bass is really really guttural and it follows along with each and every chord which gives those otherwise basic chords so much more breadth so much more depth and from there it just builds and builds and builds colors the chords with piano guitar reverb echo synth strings ambient strength synth you name it. It just, it is literally tailor-made to send chills down your spine, I think. It's dissident without actually losing its cohesion. You know, dissonant is a strange word to use for it because of how evenly spaced those notes are. I did, dissonance was not something that entered into it to me. For me, it was the competition between the, the various uh, uh, instruments or replications of instruments that he was using that really created the dissonance because you can hear the steady beat. You hear the same thing throughout... 
Yes. 95% That's of the even. song. Yet every single segment, every single introduction creates a new reinvention. And they are so unlike one another. There is a, a real progression throughout the various emotional ideas he's presenting here. It at least gives that illusion. Because after all, this track is seven minutes long and it does not feel its length. <laughs> I was slightest. just... I was not gonna, to me. <laughs> no, I was going to bring that up. Infinite Us, the, 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 the namesake really applies because it feels like this song probably could have gone on in this way endlessly and it would have been engaging because of the way it kept inventing itself and and altering itself. It really does pull you in to the point that you don't realize how long the song is actually going on. Yeah. And it does have something towards the end, and that is that collapse of all the instrumentation. Oh, the roll-off of this track. It's so it's so gentle after that climax that just, again, recedes into the night, kind of like the previous track. Yeah, that's actually the only part of this song that I like. <laughs> Bizarre. Well, um, see, his silence makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I love the piano intro. Um, the vocal samples are great. You know, there's all, most of the vocal samples on this record I love, and I, I usually hate vocal samples in electronic music. I can't stand it. Usually I'm kind of with you there. I'm but definitely rule, that rule way. Thumb. Yeah, um, but they're they're all pretty lovely on this album. Now there's a sound, and I think it's I'm not sure if it's like arpeggiated synth or if it's like a rhythmic, but it it occurs through almost the entire song and it does pitch shifts throughout It's a this downward song. arpeggiation of those same chords I described right. and it and I, it does it's not the entire song though because in the beginning you just get the singular block chords and mm-hmm. it's about halfway through where that's one of those layers we were discussing it starts it starts that downward spile and it's just yeah. that re- repetition of do 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 it almost could be called a melody at that point at least or the closest thing this this track could possibly have to a melody yeah but it's really more of an added figuration on top of the existing uh, the existing work. I thought it was beautiful. Though. See, but there's another set of sounds that's more that's sharper. I know what you're talking about, but there's like a sharper sound that goes. Um, you know, we we, we try to refrain like, from singing. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But it's uh, uh, it, it it does pitch shifting throughout the entire song, and there's something really like uncomfortable and unpleasing to the ear about it that I sort of lose everything else in the song it really really bothers me yeah, but that's fair um the, the dissonance just, the, that you describe might come from just the, uh, the those 11th chords itself i mean they're they're very common jazzy chords so a lot of you know people use ninth chords 11th chords 13th chords are so dense i mean you're talking about uh five seven notes in one single chord it's a little bit much for the human ear to really accept and at time i could easily see how a wrong usage of that chord could really just send you off and i have a feeling that might be uh what your issue here is not positive yeah, it, but it just it a theory be. it might be it's it's one of those things where you know I, and there's a song later that does a similar thing when yeah. we get to it I'll, I'll talk about it there but it's one of these things where it's like producing a sound for the sake of producing a sound whether it's pleasant or not Right. And in this case, it's just absolutely not pleasant. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to disagree with yeah, you there. Totally. We, we, we can duke this out if you want. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll see you in but the parking lot. But you did like the outro. I did like the outro. Which is where he started from. This. I did like the outro. That sounds interesting. Um, spacey. Because when those oh. instruments do drop, and even the beat drops, and I actually have no problem with the beat in this song. The percussion's all very good. But when all that stuff drops, 
it's it's quite lovely to the end, <laughs> but it's before that. that it's it so is... bizarre because that that fall for me would mean absolutely nothing without the build up the that they had it. previously. Yeah, sure. it, it's all context to me. Like if you had done just. Granted, that probably is one of the most pleasing singular moments of the track, mm -hmm. but the rest of it, I was just sort of enthralled front to back by, by the next thing that they introduced. But it wasn't just layering for the sake of layering through to me. It was it was more of a, it's more of the combined aspect of every single instrument. Sure. Sort of. It's a perfect blend of like the ethereal and the ineffable, and that's yeah. kind of what certain moments on this album it bre it broaches that and other times it's it's kind of straightforward and on the nose but I, i'm even going to go off the title here infinite us it actually brought to mind the complexity and vastness of the cosmos that's where i sure. was at with oh, this yeah. track yeah, especially, yeah, yeah. With yeah. especially with the outro especially with the outro yeah cold not without emotion definitely felt that in the outro all that wonderful crap you know what i think it is too <laughs> is that like it's it's one of those sounds where I think people can disagree on on how that actual sound sounds to them. You yeah, know, because it's not, it's this, not track like, is, this track is it's not like a guitar yeah, or a which, piano, which is very it's easy to identify those sounds. Yeah. And, you know, but this sound is is something that it's well, you either like it or you don't. And I think that personally, I hated it so much that it was so difficult. Man. For me to actually get involved with the rest of what was going on in the song, so that when when that sound actually stops, it's almost like a relief gotcha. to the ear. We've had this discussion before, and I actually have brought it up a bunch of times. I love bright little chimes. You know, I those love high bright little... chimes. I love and bright I hate chimes. I hate when, in my opinion, they're being misused. Right. <laughs> and I've had this sort of thing, so I understand exactly. I hate what when you people get take my chimes and defile them. If you're going to use a it. chime, you better use it right. Yes, no, we've actually. Yeah. I've, so I've glad said you've got a hold on the chime business yeah. here. But I understand exactly what you're getting at. Yeah, uh, yeah for I, me, it was. I'm, I'm with Steve on this one, and I think Matt's with us on this one too. You can speak up. I, I, he's he's being so safe party. and neutral in the corner there. No, I mean, I've said that I enjoyed this song, but it's definitely, I don't love it as much as you two do, but but I can I understand. I say love. No, that's where I'm, I, I really enjoy its progression, but I think there's better tracks on this album, definitely. Well, well I will say that this song is definitely and completely polarized by the following song after it. Like, that's what made me appreciate oh, this song. I'm going to agree with that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this song I appreciated more after hearing the next track, which we, I yeah. might as well introduce our next track, the third track. Don't want to lose you. So it's don't, the number one, the number two, lose the letter U. Um, so with this song, I mean, I mean, on a base level, just to, to generally describe it, it was, for me, it was so repetitive that, like, I just, I couldn't, like, I had the same problem Hops had in the last track. It was so repetitive, I couldn't see past that repetitive beat, this haltering beat, halter, halting beat, that almost stuttered. And the stutter, like, every time I wanted to get into a groove, the beat stuttered, and it kind of threw me off. Yeah. Well, it's right. that throw-off there. That's the strange thing. It's, it, it, it begins with, I want to say, more, more vagueness and less power, I think, than the previous track. The vagueness, now you could go either way with that, as to whether that, you know, just gets you off in just the right way. But, and I think the reason for that is the clapping. It's, because beyond that, there's really not that much to talk about. I mean, the chords are very, very basic. Most of it is just one, four, five, one, with a very off-putting drag on the five chord, which almost feels like it fell asleep and forgot to go to one. So you're just waiting there, and it, 
But more off-putting than that, really, is the rhythm, because that's just present throughout the entire track, as Matt described. I mean, it could be kind of cool through certain eyes. I, I see it as as definitely being a bit of a polarizing thing, because it's an interesting rhythm. It's, it's not something you, you, you hear every day. But I gotta be nitpicky about how bizarre it is, because the whole thing is likely in 4-4, or maybe a slow two-step. After all, you get that don't one-two, one-two, as in yeah. lose you, you know, that's in the title, but... Uh, I thought that might be a reason. In either case, it's it's just that rearmost clapping beat that just gets me. It's I, it's off-putting. I looked at it this way, and I recently dug out my Fruity Loops and <laughs> powered it back on. Oh, I used yeah. to do it in high school. Yeah. It's been 10 years, so I really forgot everything about it. But the first five instruments you give you are the very simple stuff just to get your mind thinking. And this is all he really seems to use in this song. To set up the main core of what's going on here. Which is funny because you know that's not the case. It's like he yeah. had so many resources and he chose to go very minimal with and it. And it really, yeah. it really hurts. <clears throat> and for that, I was upset. Yeah. Because we got so much more intricate and interesting things in the first two tracks that it, it felt almost cop out. Well, that and I hate clapping at this point. I'm so tired. Of clapping, you are <laughs> the first. Are, and then that's the funny thing, because actually, I, I I wasn't quite done. There's this, there's two things. The thing that I described before, just that two step, that is the clapping. That's the clapping alone, which is actually very easy to comprehend. But it's over clap. that that basic clap. two step or, or four four, however you want to see it. Beyond that, it, more focus is placed on that short staccato beat that squeezes in about ten notes approximately for that four beat measure, mm. but not evenly and not always. Almost not worth dissecting, but for the first two minutes, it's like someone going, uh, 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 uh. It's like the annoying kid in, like, elementary school. Who, yeah. Who was me. But I was I, just going, yeah. wow. He, he saw in my eyes. I was yeah. going there. I could see in your brain, man. Well, yeah, you this know. song just, I mean, it just doesn't, you know, I mean, this is probably the most I will ever think about this song, is right in this moment right now, because it really <laughs> just do. doesn't, glad to bring but it doesn't do anything for me. The only part I like... The redeeming value of the song is the the synth pad that comes in about halfway. Uh, it's like a nice soft string that it's it's literally just layered over the same crap that we've I, been hearing for the first two minutes. But it makes the song a little bit better. I agreed with you completely, one hundred percent on that point. Then, yeah, completely, one hundred percent, both of those. Things. Right, because anyway, one wasn't enough. So was you had to say both. Had to do it both. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I admit that that synth it really did fill out the remainder of the track a lot more. It made it more tolerable. Um, mm -hmm. it, dark, it darkened up the chords, uh, modulated to the five, threw in some sevens. That was cool, but they definitely lost. <laughs> but when you're that saying point. that oh, no. a thing, when you're saying a thing made the song tolerable, in the end, it's still not good. At I'm that aware point. of the word that I chose. Okay. Matt. Very aware. Wait, wait, refuting. I not refuting. I'm not going to listen to two minutes of. Yeah. crap so that I can get to that one exactly. it's literally one despite note. the fact that we live in a world of search bars and all you right. have to do is just jump to it yeah. but I do enjoy that choppy nature that the song set up I like that dissidence they threw without actually changing the tempo well you're allowed I to be wrong I enjoyed that I like it because it is something different it's something we're not prepared for it's something that you're not used to I <laughs> yeah, back to it I appreciate the endeavor. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that, what, what I a wish. Choice of words. Really. I wish it had been done with a more complex uh, uh, backbeat. Well, this... see, that's kind of funny because really that backbeat is pretty complex. But yeah. in this case, I'm actually like un, un characteristic for me. I'm. I don't... It is. I mean, it's it's very odd the way it that halty nature. There is a pattern there. There's a pattern that I was not going to break down, but it's it's bizarre. But, but it's this... not a pleasant pattern. To me, I this song it. is just. 
okay. Like, well, no, it's not even okay. It uh, reminds... It's, it's, it's just rem- okay. It's reminiscent of Flying Lotus and the fact that there's... Like, he's trying something. It, the experimentation is there to a point. Like, he's trying something a little different. That's not enough. But what Lotus well, did I need that something he's more. not doing is Lotus made it 15 seconds long, and I don't like that. <laughs> I like that he actually tried to make it something a lot more expansive. Yeah. It's yeah. an attempt. There definitely is evolution, especially considering with uh, uh, what Hop said about the uh, the synth that joins in. Uh, but I do want to go. I will play devil's advocate with your point, John, because y- you you said. I mean, at least just looking at it objectively, you know, you were interested in what he was going for. It, it's it's meant to be. It is unnerving, and I think it's supposed to be a little bit unnerving, right? Because I think it is the mulling of a single person again it's it's yeah. back in that introverted state which even though this may not be in the direction that i was really hoping for out of this album it does achieve that it does make me unnerved it makes me unsettled we've had that in other albums before where we feel unsettled but it's not always a bad thing because at least you feel something well in this case i'm not really feeling anything but if someone is such as john then it's provocative for you it's attempting to be that is provocative actually that's, that's true perfect word discorded for, and perfect. dissident and trying to make you upset i i like that also, because but let's, still, let's cite, will admit, let's cite will the vocal admit. soundbite first. The vocal soundbite is don't want to lose you. It gets repeated over and over and over throughout there. So at, there's definitely mulling at play. At this point, it's clear that the vocals are not a forefront in this record. Yeah. They're meant to be an instrument, and in a good mix, they sound great. In a bad mix, they become repetitive and almost obnoxious. But and I'm there are moments of both. Saying the mo- like what he's saying though does have some validity. Don't yes. want to lose you. Hence, you ha- you're sort of. You're sort of trapped in the psychosis of your head. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, in any kind of emotional state where you're traumatized, you tend to replay those traumatizing moments over and over in your head, so, hoping they'll change. On a purely objective, artistic level, great. The track succeeds. Yeah. It's just not pleasant to my ear, necessarily. No. So, I'll But then again, that. you know what? I'll it, give you that. Scratching wasn't... nails on a chalkboard achieves something, but I still yeah. don't like it. <laughs> it achieves... Scratching nails on top. Yeah, right, yeah. You've done that. Good. Um, good. But I think this is a good time to get into the next song, track Which four. Which is really pretty. It's this a really is, good song. This <laughs> one's really good. <laughs> this is one of my favorite tracks on the record. The track is called Center Your Love. Oh, man. And it's it's not the most 80s track on the record, but it's almost. Um, it start, I, I described it as 80s and proud. Um, it, it's got a great bait, and it's a, a very... It cool. starts excellently. Yeah. With yeah. those drawn organ styled chords, which I love that introduction for something that speaks to love. Organs just have their place in our society as speaking of love. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. Is, I mean, organs are usually used for that type in of fact, thing. In fact, the ho- heart is, well, the heart's a muscle, but, you know, there are other organs. <laughs> you you went for the one that actually does not support my <laughs> No, heart. no, not at all. Does not support the joke. Damn. And in this case, I liked one major aspect in that the organ, which you would think is a little bit tinny, but very, very much a, a vibrating style of sound, was really the most cohesive element in this entire song because all the other chord work just about felt like it was coming apart, like it was oscillating, and I love the way that the reverb was used in this song. The phasing and the layering was just amazing, the way he was doing it. Yeah. There was a lot of oscillation going here. Oscillation, phasing. I mean, that's kind of present throughout the album, though. So I didn't necessarily see that as like a, a in this primary. in this I felt like it was a great forefront because it gave me the illusion of trying to center, trying to find that single spot, which speaks to the title name. 
Well, I, w I was back and forth with this track. I mean, it, it was kind of pleasing overall, and yeah, for a couple of reasons. I mean, yeah, I go back and forth with this, this, this 80s thing, 80s and proud of it. It's like, on one hand, well, great for you, bully for you, you're bringing back the 80s, everybody else does it, why can't you do it too? It, it seems to strike a chord with a lot of people, because as soon as you bring in those sound bites, it, it just... Everyone seems to relate. Maybe it's because everyone grew up with some, at least every generation under under 35 now has grown up with some degree of, uh, of 80s music in their past. But that's not, it's not as prevalent here as it is in later tracks. The main thing I think that this track does have going for it is that it's kind of a sensual track. Especially when you consider the, the, the female voice sort of breathy, sort of halting. And the guitar on top of that gives it sort of a funk edge, which makes it a little bit sexual. And then beyond that, you have these moments of quiet where everything just kind of bleeds out. And it leaves just the beat and the breathing that adds the sensual air of the track. I think that's really this, this, this track's strong suit. Yeah. I, I, I love I, this. It's, I have a note here, actually. Fake shimmering guitar is always a winner. And you can quote me on that. Because I, I love... I love that sound, and I, you know, it's the first. I didn't even think about it being '80s until we l talked about it tonight. But it's got this like really comfortable feel to it, and it's the only comfortable song on the album. Mm -hmm. Like, like we were talking about unnerving. Like the rest of the album is very unnerving, but this song is actually like a nice break from that. I'll agree with comfortable. you on that, with the exception of perhaps one track later on, which I did find. Ironically, more comfortable. Oh <laughs> uh, well, but actually, this, no, I, yeah. I, I maybe comfortable is wrong. But no, yeah, but I, I, agree I would agree, and that adds to your sensual kind of feels theory. Yeah. It feels something. It does very much feel like something you can just kind of fall into. You know, <laughs> ideal one wouldn't describe a sensual aspect as simply comfortable. That's actually very. <laughs> Uh, well, no. Well, actually, no. I believe that true sensuality with the right partner, you always feel comfortable in the moment. Right. Okay. You never feel Intimacy. uncomfortable. I think of yeah. comfortable as being the word for everything else. For every other time you're with them, then once sensuality begins, you grow a little bit, ideally beyond comfortable. Well, yeah, but yeah, but but, but it starts with a comfort. And, the, to, and you this have is, to feel this is semantics, but I think this is important semantics. And it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, who said intimacy? Me. Raise your hand. Okay, Hops, <laughs> you're right. Intimacy is a great way to put it. Yeah. What are you, John McLaughlin? Right, correct. <laughs> Going around the circle. Well, at least right. I'm not saying he's wrong, right? Uh, right. But intimacy is probably a wrong. great way. Wrong, it's... right. Oh, God. I had to bring it up. Um, it it does have that idea of, of a little bit of fear. There is a little bit of fear, and I think that's because of the waning oscillation of most of the instruments, uh, most of the beats. But it's it's finding that center that really does kind of solidify it for me. As, as a great piece and I really really enjoyed um, when the snare beat which was the really the only piece that wasn't getting fooled around with with its reverb and everything like that dropped out at the end and you just had those oscillations it really did become very sensual very intimate in its in its uh, presentation well I think most of the the drum work itself uh, the drum machine work uh, did, was not Reverb was not really at play there. Every, no, almost yeah. every single drum, that sounds very, very crisp, very clear. You don't really have that reverb or echo or anything of that kind. That's actually the one piece of stability. While everything else is stuck in ambient, ethereal territory, that is the thing that really, really anchors you to the ground. What happens when I turn this knob and then this knob? Exactly. Yeah. He's kind of going crazy right. there. But, you know, it's clear that those are two separate animals for him. I mean, again back to the name machine yeah. drum i think that's really his specialty and the rest is kind of add-on um but i will just comment on one more thing 
with this track, and that's, you called it a shimmering guitar? What was that again? Clint? Yeah, a shimmering guitar. And actually, so I, I think we have our, um, what do you call it? We've crossed the streams here. Uh, so the organ that you're talking about, I think that's what I'm thinking is a shimmering guitar. No, well, that was no, the, very the organ was the very beginning introduction no, of the song. No, you're right. Shimmering guitar, that I know exactly what you're talking about. It is a separate element, and you're right. Yeah. That was a great aspect this of the This is the song. fun thing to talk about talking about music of this nature, because we're never 100% exactly. on board with, totally. the, with the thing. Well, well, sometimes, also, usually we can, we can identify these things, but when you add so many effects, you begin to lose track yeah. of, of what is what instrument. And also all. when it's most of it's... In in theory, coming from a computer to begin with, it's yeah. like it's Even hard if, to it's tell. Whatever he wants it to be, yeah. it doesn't have to be. But it's kind of like that's a the goal violin, of the and kind of like a cello, and it's <laughs> coupled with maybe a little bit of porpoise. That's the artist's goal, I think. Although I th- I don't think he really wants you to see it as any particular instrument because then you pigeonhole not. it. Once you hear the instrument, oh, that's just a kick-ass guitar solo, and that's all it's going to be. Right. But once he changes it up into something different, you accept the work and as do- new, as fresh. And he does a lot of that in this record. I mean, warping warping or changing and shifting things to make them a little more than what they were. I mean, yeah. the vocals are best ex- the best example of that yeah. in the record is he. the vocals sometimes sound like vocals. And then sometimes they sound like something completely different right. because yeah. he's changing them to his will. Well, going back to my last and final point, the only thing I was going to say, is it in fact makes this more of a complex issue because I was going to call it, if I'm correct, I was going to call it a whirring guitar. Shimmering. Uh, I'm gonna call it whirring. Yeah. Two different words. Same thing, probably though. We don't really know. I'm, in either case, I could describe to you where it was, and that was just really in the outro, primarily. It was in the outro when everything is sort of winding down, oh, no. and you hear yeah. you hear a guitar in the background that is. Nope, mm, that's different. That of, is a yeah. It's a comping instrument. It almost is a solo, like in the background, yeah. very much in the background. But yeah. But it was a really really nice effect. I'm talking about the main three chords, like in the in the like towards the be- when the beat first starts to kick in, when the song really gets started. Oh, then that probably was the organ. Then. That yeah. actually, no, 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 it actually starts to parallel the organ. It's, it's comped on top of it. Right. It's like the it's like the main theme theme of the song. Yeah, it's the main character yeah. of the track. Well, in the end. It just sounded like an organ. I'm gonna it wasn't email an organ. Him. We I'm know, we know it's not an organ. It was a computer or yeah. a but machine drum. For those of you listening uh-huh. along, you if can have you your own will. opinions. <laughs> yeah. If you really exactly. want, you can pause right now and listen to it again. Right. And to be John f- said it, you can have your own opinions. And, and just so sanctioned. you know, the next six songs, we have no idea what any of the sounds are. So yeah. look forward to that. Not <laughs> true. I make some very I esoteric comparisons. <laughs> esoteric comparisons. Well, always speaking of the next track, Hops, why don't you take us into track five? Yeah, how are you pronouncing this one? Vision. No, no, I, I said vision. 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 It's vision. vision spelled as you normally would, but with a Z instead of an S. Yeah. No, so this it's is vision. This vision. is an interesting song uh, because it's not. It isn't really a song. It is an interlude. The, nothing it, on this track is a song. I mean, excuse me. Nothing on this album is a song because <laughs> songs have well, verses right. and 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 choruses. Yeah. And maybe or, melodies. Right. We can either call them pieces or tracks this track is even less of a song than the others um, it is a sweeping it's, interlude it's a sweeping interlude and it belongs at either the beginning or near the end and maybe that's just because i really liked the first song i really didn't like the second song and i really didn't like the third song and i really liked the fourth song and i was like all right here we go we're getting into it and as beautiful as song number five is, the, mo- the momentum sort of goes down, right? And it, it doesn't feel 
like when I when I listen to albums, I, I sort of listen to them as in in three act structures in the same way I watch like a movie, right? And this just did not fit in where it was placed. Well, I, I'm I'm totally with you on viewing viewing it as a movie. We often go down that route where we try to see them as three acts and right. whatnot. Um, but it, it, it's starting to become apparent that I, I may like this reason for all, like this album for all the opposite reasons as you do, <laughs> because holy crap, yeah. this 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 track right here. First of all, I think it, it functioned perfectly where it fell. I mean, you say either beginning or either or end that uh, pins it as either an intro or an outro, which often can equally be lumped into the interlude, and mm-hmm. that is exactly where it falls. It's dead center in the middle of the album. It definitely belongs and, at the beginning more than it would belong at the end. I'll I mean, I'll follow that because it has some exposition-oriented yeah. material to it. It definitely, I don't think it would serve as a good outro. But to me, it it it, it works as as the dead center of this album. It's tougher for me to convey in words, um, to really describe the progression of this track because it is just almost the whole thing is a singular soundbite. It's and not it, as much progression, but that's just, exactly why it is an interlude. And the reason the reason I like it so much, I can define that. And that is one word, which I think I've used before, and that is micro-polyphony. Micro-polyphony. No, I don't think you've used that one before. So okay. why don't you explain... Is that different from mono-polyphony? Um, is it different from macro-polyphony? Mono... Too many things to comment on. First of all, you cannot have mono-polyphony, because mono-polyphony would be... That would completely cancel each other out. Poly is many, mono means one. That would just be polyphony. Well, there's like mono mono pol- polyphonic synths now that's a thing so that is yeah a thing. um very strange though the, the micro polyphony was something that was used anyone ever see 2001 space odyssey yes oh. yes we oh, all yeah. have you recur do you do you recall the um the vo- the male vocals that were starting <laughs> exactly that, that. Yeah. And how they sort of shift over time, and and the chords change very, very gradually. Oh. Well, that's what the synth was doing here: chords shifting, but not all at once. All sort of, kind of gradually, or at least it gives yeah. off that that effect. And I really love that kind of thing because all of a sudden, when you take the beat out of the picture and it's just synth work, it can be very spine tingling. Well, that that effect is what gave it a, its kind of breathy and airy kind of feel. Mm-hmm. It's like open feeling. Yes. It felt very, yes. very vast and open. But at the same time, I think that's why it does not work for me on an album level. While it did, it did feel... I, I'm feeling everything you're talking about. Yes, I understand everything you're talking about. But because it really doesn't have that connecting idea between any of the other songs... This is this this little bit right here feels more like that two minute outro we've gotten in other pieces. Yeah. It felt like the ending of Infinite Us, but just the ending didn't have that cohesive nature that made it a piece as opposed to just a ditty. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and I, I follow I, that, but I I tend to give it the pass when you're talking about an interlude, which I I, I can't see it as anything but, and it's the perfect place for it. There really is nothing else in the album that comes close to it. That's another thing. I don't feel like this album really needed an interlude. What, being only ten tracks long? Is that what you mean? No, because of the actual nature of its progression, the nature of the the tempos that we're working here, I'm not feeling like I need a cool down. I'm not feeling like I need a build. Not yet, anyway. I just want to keep going in this stream that I'm working in here. Well, here's the Agreed. thing. Interlude is sort of a... I use it loosely. It doesn't 
it doesn't work as an interlude to the same extent as we've heard in other albums. It's not like a, a complete break from from content here. There's a lot that's tied into me. The that 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 pattern of micropolitan, for instance, I, I I'm going to connect that, and I think we're gonna use that as a as a um as a roll off to the next track here. But it's also present in several other tracks in in places, perhaps not for the entirety of the track, but in places throughout. So. For at least in terms of the uh, the pattern that was begun in Infinite Us, the second track, that whole vastness, that space that you mentioned, Matt, that that to me, that is a running theme here. No, or yeah, at I, least the running arc. I have to agree with Steve. I think that the the track placement is fairly. I mean, I do agree that I wanted. I I would have liked. I don't know that I would mind Rise and Fall, which is the next track that we're going to get to in a minute, to follow Center of Your Love. I think that mm-hmm. would have been okay. Right. But I like what track five is doing because I refuse to say the title again. Um, uh, Cause I don't want to stumble <laughs> over it. Um, I think, I think, I think Steve's right. I think it's an interlude in the fact that it is a very short piece, yeah. but it's not it's necessarily breaking up the album, but I can also, uh, even though I don't agree, I can understand where John and, and hops are coming from. Right. If you're, if you're, if you weren't really so happy with the beginning of the album and you were finally getting on board with yeah. track four, Track five could stumble that, and I get that. And it what was, would I've, be interesting, and I don't want to tell Machine Drum how to make his albums, but oh. if this if this song had sort of bled into Rise and Fall, or if Center Your Love bled into Vision, um, I think that that would have been interesting. I like when that happens, where you can't you can't tell where the song has ended and where the next one has began. And I think that. It's it's just so secluded. It just feels so, like deserted from the rest of the album. Um, so and that's that's where my main argument comes yeah. from because we have an example oh, of I another. Simply don't agree with that. We in, have at another all. example list. Wait, wait, and then refute. Um, which is probably good advice for me. <laughs> uh, Thank you for telling me what to do. <laughs> Summit the mountain, evergreen, is a very similar stylized track. What was the mountain off of? A sum at the scale. Wait, you were saying two different things. I know. Evergreen. Evergreen was off of Scale the Summit. Scale the uh, Summit. Summit the, the Migration. Yeah, episode yeah. 67. Refer. Freudian <laughs> all over the place. Uh, scale the Summit. Evergreen. That track was in the same vein as Vision. Right. It was short, sweet, and to the point. And it was really a very big turn from the rest of the album. Very simplified, very cut down. Very much a more drawn out moment, but I I see that Evergreen works so much better in my opinion. It felt more cohesive with the rest of the album than Vision does. See, it depends on how you view it. I I think uh, just going back to what Matt said, we could easily, if we're gonna play devil's advocate all around here, you could easily discuss this album in in from two different perspectives. Like, well, if you like this thing, then you're going to like well these tracks specifically. But then if you like this thing, you're gonna like exactly the opposite tracks, which seems to be exactly the way we're going with this album. <laughs> well, and, um, and also I feel like some of these comparisons are like apples and hand grenades. Like they're it, the comparison is almost well, yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I kind of agree with that, too. But, but at least to you, just your point about Evergreen. I mean, I understand how Evergreen... First of all, interlude is, an, is a dicey word. I don't yeah. want to pin, pin everything down that everything needs an interlude or that everything doesn't need an interlude. Evergreen was a special case. It, it, it sort of broke up the album, yes, 
but it was sort of toward the end. I wouldn't say that it really divided it. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't perform I, the same uh, role of interlude as Disclosure did in in uh, in Godstick's Invisits Conundrum because that came right before a trilogy. You got a trilogy afterward. That is clearly Act Three. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts. But in this particular case here. I I use interlude very very loosely because it generally is tied in, and I will make that point later. And that's that's the same case I'm making. I'm saying in both cases I don't feel that they're interludes. I just in this case it didn't really work as well for me. It didn't. It lost cohesion we're to my ear. Back and forth about this. Yeah, so I say we move on, and I'm going to revisit Rise and fall. So Rise I think and the fall. song actually might be called Vi Zion. Seriously? Yeah, I think that I think I just googled it. Actually, didn't just google it. I'm lying. But Vi Zion. All right, moving huh. on. That could be that actually that changes absolutely everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> moving on to track six, which is one of one of my other favorite tracks, Rise and Fall. It's Rise, the letter N, Fall. You're um, gonna have to stop explaining these names because they're getting complicated. Rise and Fall. Uh, the next one gets more. So he complicated. can say it. And it sounds infinitely more simple. <laughs> That's true. Um, so this one, I mean, Steve pointed out from from the minute it gets going, it has a very kind of almost Middle Eastern vibe, um, both in instrumentation and vocal work. It's got this kind of layering that lends to that kind of a sound. Well, he's and on sort of a Phrygian-ish scale. It's, yeah, so it's the progression of the, of, the, of the chords more than anything else. I give it that sort of uh, Middle Eastern, more... Middle Eastern classic style. Also, his inflection. Also, it's kind of a moan, sort of that you know, rising up like some like someone yelling from a mosque, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the song a lot, um, and I it the beat is very uh, jungle, and I I actually don't like jungle at all, but I actually like it a lot here, and uh, I think there's a part that we can all agree is quite lovely. Uh, about four and a half minutes in, when the whole song just goes up an octave. Uh, oh, that rising streams. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 good stuff. But yeah, all around smooth vocal samples, love muted bass, and again the synth pads and the reverb makes it full. I think it's a solid track. Yet I will say that it feels a little bit more simplistic comparatively to to something like Infinite Us or Center Your Love. It, it's, it didn't seem to transform as often and as dramatically as those other songs it's funny because i think this song does what infinite us sort of fails to do because the structure is very similar but it's just an altogether more interesting song like i like the sounds more going back to that like because because we can't really identify what they are we can only really identify them unless it's blatantly a guitar or blatantly a piano we make illusions they're, right i mean they're sounds so we can only identify with them as sounds like, i think the sounds yeah. that he created <laughs> in this song are just more aesthetically pleasing than and they that's are what in i'm infinite gonna say it's, it's fascinating it's how i always disagree with half of what you say <laughs> always in infinite us i actually preferred the sounds to rise and fall oh, really? this one this one i really it just didn't grip me the same way and it it really was nothing to do with the beat word it was just i I liked the chords better in Infinite Us, but I definitely see the similarities between mm-hmm. the two. Um, I just I, I felt like there was more complexity in Infinite Us, where here, until about halfway so through, when it really, till about halfway through, when things really do start to to spin around, the first part, the first half, kind of 
this was one part where I kind of felt a little bit drawn out. Mm. Oh no! That's, that's just... the one. This is one of the few times on the entire album I felt like it was getting to be a little bit too drawn out. We are I... seriously going in four different. Directions oh yeah, on this because album. I com- this is fat. We have not disagreed this much. <laughs> because I completely. <laughs> yeah, dis- I think, Thank I think God. we're all Thank very God much disagreeing. Yeah. Um, we're on I, the same page. We're feeling this album very differently. Yeah. I completely disagree with John saying about it feeling like a drag. This song, it. I mean, rise and fall. It really felt, I thought, like a movement, almost like someone in front of a mosque or even an army like rising up i mean it just it, it felt very engaging and it pulled me in from the moment it started i don't feel that it dragged at all well even and that... it has some of my favorite vocals on the record there are some other mm-hmm. moments that i like more but the vocals on this i thought were just a great instrument that added to okay. the sound there's my segue the vocals because even beyond the intro which yes the intro sounds a little bit middle eastern but i don't i don't even want to use that as a point to harp throughout this track because once the vocals really kick in this is a much better example of micropolyphony than the previous track. And that is where it's related because it's fascinating. This does almost exactly... It performs the same function that the synth did in the previous track as the vocals are doing here. And that, to me, is, it was an absolute brilliant follow-up. And that connects the previous track to me in a beautiful way. Uh, to all the other points that you're saying, I could go any number of ways with this. Because, I mean, for starters, yes, I feel that... that I would say this is maybe on par with Infinite Us in terms of all-around complexity. They they provide they give me the same they leave me with the same uh, the same feeling in the end. I guess I could say, but Vision, uh, well I guess none of us are really arguing that Vision. I mean complexity. I'm not even going to go back and forth between what's more complex, what's less complex. It's just what works and what doesn't. Right. So, to me, this is a point in the album where I really needed them to step up the ball because it's true. In Vision, it's true that it is, as it's just a shorter a track, and even though I feel it works, it is a snapshot. It's a snapshot in time. This track does evolve, and I really, really love it for mm-hmm. that reason. I love the fact that the chorus is almost exactly what you'd hear out of uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Again, I forget exactly who wrote that piece. I want to say it was Ligeti. Um, I don't remember the first name, but the composer's name was Ligeti, who wrote that piece that I described in 2001 Space Odyssey, where all the male vocalists are just rising up and up and up, and they're overlapping, and the chords change ever so gradually. It's just, it's it's fascinating to be immersed within that world. Ten times more complex here, and in this case, I will say that complexity probably is is aligning itself with my interest. Yeah. That was a mouthful. Wasn't it, though? Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. Um, wow. But I think... And I really... Hang on. I really want to hear... I, there's something I want to speak to. Uh, I'm going to have to re-listen to this, because if you're saying it connects so dramatically to Vision, I mean, you're going to have to point that one out. To my ears. They were they were <laughs> using the same... It, it was the same technique, as I noticed, between the synths in Vision and the vocals in Rise and Fall. Because I just, to me, like, it, it wasn't until the strings really get into this and that oh, no, yeah, that, really was, that was an earlier point, hop- an earlier point that Hops made. You you did uh, mention that the strings kick in a little bit later, and that is just another layer to this, which kicked in the That's background when... to the vocals. I still think the vocals are prime here. Yeah, me too. But, I agree. But the, string, the, the strings were real, really, really nice compliments, sort of a very, very high note hovering over everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I re- really felt was lacking in the first half of the song. See, I don't know. I thought I didn't think it had a place in the first half of the song. I think it came in exactly where it was meant. Yeah, to. I agree. And and I like that how while we are lining up in certain paths, this song we all fired like super balls in separate directions. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like just ricocheting off each other. Super balls. Which 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 was which was kind of uh, kind of awesome. Um, I'd like to take us into the next track, which is sure. track seven. You this may. is C C. The first way spelled like I see you. The second C spelled like the sea, the water. Um, you're see. welcome. Thank you. See, the see. water. I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 See. See. see here. See. Well, you see. See. Where's my giant <laughs> Knoxville cigar? Right. The collection of salted liquid. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yes. Had to go that extra mile. He always I had, always has song. to. So I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this song. This I, did no, I no, just, no, 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 no. There is one thing that it introduced, which actually becomes a kind of a running theme in the lit, latter half. We we talked about these like underground undertones, and this is really where we hit some underwater style of of uh, snare tapping. Worth mm-hmm. it almost starts with like wet wood tapping together that's a good way to put it i mean well wet is kind of a strange one because i almost want to save the word wet for the very very last track on this it's almost like a cowbell sort of it's like uh yeah here's the thing though going back to you 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 say how you love chimes right and this this track used them well as you would say didn't misuse them i guess (laughs) you don't like misused chimes and this used it really really well it was part of that it was part of the intro beat hi-hat type of a situation that's a good way to put it that's a good way to put it it was playful very very playful playful delicate chimes wood blocks on top of it i think that's what you notice is the wet wood yeah i believe they were wood blocks and sort of a pipe organy Bass the thing. deep percussion did yeah. comp those other two parts well. And this All is that, that combined, deep, deep, very playful. That deep, Most playful deep in the album. comping is what I th- really think actually brought those two almost competing noises together. Uh, and it became a little bit of wearing. It went through phases for me. This one was not uh, through and through great, but had great moments. You, you like to harp on that. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. <laughs> I know it comes out as a bad way, but I'd like to observe and I'm going to harp that on that here. And note that and describe it when I see it. Yes, <laughs> I'm harping here. the 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 moment by moment was what was great about this, but not every moment was great for me. Yeah, see, I I couldn't get past the vocals in this track. It it they yeah they just were so kind of awkward and 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 they another like song where it stuttered. It had this haltering. That was, way and I didn't like it, and I get that, that was, was the point, great. but it wasn't. It it's wasn't the choppy C. Uh, great, great is loosely used, and okay, great. So imagery wise, it it succeeded in what it was going for, but and if that does it for you, sure. But for me, the title it, imagery is so great on this album, though it really does an excellent job of showcasing yes and no. what the music is doing here. Uh, most of the time, but I just felt like in this song, the, the vocals really threw me out of it. Make, Why, your, oh no, make your case, John. What? How do you? How do you? What do you see about the 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 titles you were describing specifically? Well, I was going to get to that later. Vocals? It's the com. It, it's not just the 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 vocals, but it's the actual progression of most of the songs. Really does speak to how these were were named, how these tracks were named. CC, the first thing I'm thinking of is wet. The second thing I'm thinking of is more maybe some gull work, a little bit of the choppiness of the waist. Just think, no, just thinking through Enter it. Enter gull. No, there is the that. The hitting the shore. Enter gull. In this, it does ebb and flow, and it actually ebbs and flows for me. And one of the main detractors for this song was actually those really high-pitched uh, uh, tones kind of hurt my ears just a little bit i did not enjoy hearing that but everything around it brought it back down it was high points kind of foamy all around it really did promote the sea promote water sounds movement like quite a mix for you i want to mm. i want to get hops in here i i i found the song very annoying 
I thought it was very annoying. The the main vocal sample, the way that he um, works with pitch with that sample, it just it drove me nuts. Um, it's another case of the sound just took me completely away from the rest of the song. And I'm more with Hops on this. I, it, I felt the same way. Once the vocals kind of really kicked in, it just distracted me from the rest of the song. Um, about halfway through, the sample actually goes away for a little bit, and... It's funny because when it does, it's like, oh, there's actually so much, so much beauty in this song, but I can't hear any of it because that freaking sample, <laughs> and that drives me nuts. And I, I hear a lot of you hear a lot of this in his other albums too. He does a lot of this stuff. Um, it goes to show how a single sample can make or break. I mean, that, that that's absolutely almost, that, that's the problem you run into in this genre, which almost you don't have to concern yourself with other genres because you're a little bit more in line with the uh, well, every instrument has its place and whatnot. You mm. can add things and take them out as you will, but as long as it has that that basic, you know, drum, guitar, bass, you know, the four the four piece band, a lot of times people really aren't going to harp over a single sound, but. Um, but in this when genre, when the chill single, wave, yeah. the this, single this, sound is so important it's, it's in this looping. genre. It, the yeah. looping is the problem. It's the main character in this yeah. song. That sound that's driving me nuts is like right there. It's it's completely upstaging everything. Well, so we have two negatives and two po- and, and two. No, and John John is a little on the fence. And I'm mostly positive, but still kind of negative with that high pitched yeah yeah, noise. and that drives well, me crazy. That one that was not enjoyable in the moment. Surprise, surprise. I love this song. Hey. I think this was one of the best the songs on the album. That, track. It's, it's the me, scat track. hi-hat and the playfulness in that. And that really what makes me love this song. Well, I'm going to try to get through this. I'll get through it quickly. Here's the thing. Apart from that intro... No, actually still on that intro. The intro itself has a climax to it just within the intro, which I found very alluring before it really dives into the main content of the piece. And that was this sort of vocal... Uh, combined with the pipe or bass thing, it's sort of a holler four even times, right with the beat, with a slight bend just flat of the seventh chord. That's where the beat falls, and it falls just four times. So for that one single four-four measure, it's it's a it's actually a climax within within the intro. So it's like you get the the holler with the uh, the vocals, and then it's answered with the woodblock. So holler woodblock holler woodblock. I thought that was absolutely gorgeous as a climax. From there, the intro grows a little bit less organic, less playful, less delicate as what I described earlier, and a little bit more mechanical. So the entirety of it just phases in and out with the beat, and I thought it was a very fascinating and very abrupt fallout. Enter in with the vocal edit break, where everything is what I described to be a little bit more Prefuse 73 oriented, where they play they play around with vocals and, and sort of snap it off right at the climax so your your roll off of of a person's of a person speaking is just very very sudden there is no there is no decline there's no decay that's the word i'm looking for instead it's just sudden and then phase in another thing and then sudden break phase in another thing sudden break i'm not always 100% down with this but i thought it was really really clever the way they the way he used it as an intro to the main content of the piece so that's just one other thing. Apart from that, there's sort of an electrical hum that is an overtone for most of this piece. Again, it has something to do with the edit work at play, 
but it's very it's very mechanical at this point. It it's it goes from organic to mechanical, but with that distinct break. I thought that itself was brilliant because it's sort of two opposite things. One unravels, enter the new thing. That to me, amazing. Yeah. It almost feels like a feedback surge was kind of just sent right into the system and it's constantly trying to escape itself and return to the beginning that again brilliant i would like to interject no i'm gonna throw some (laughs) i know this is a mouthful i'm gonna throw some metaphor at you and kind of have that whole feedback idea of uh the 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 rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding of the sea of the waves starting to pull itself in that's more like that calm that 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 deep undercurrent that's creating this choppiness you know what I'm getting at? I, I want to be on board with you. It's that, it's, that, it's that deep interplay of of the dark, hot sea current hitting the dark, deep, cold sea current, creating that surface tension that does spiral from down beneath. Okay, that's kind of cool. I, it's your still description, go, you're, you're still going out on a limb here, but I think it's kind of cool. That description, kind of cool. that's what it says to me. Well, at the same time, I'm just sort of describing point blank of... Uh, point blank what I hear. And here's where that symbolism of the title name really works with the song. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm getting at. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just wrap this up quick. This, this, to me, was expertly composed, in my opinion, from an electronic music standpoint. Perhaps not from a band stat- standpoint or even a techno standpoint, but just from electronic music itself and using those uh, playing around with attack and decay of certain, of certain soundbite structures. That, to me, is where the expert composition is really going on here. I think what it comes back to is what you're looking for in the music, too. Yeah. It's so different from what other people might be looking I for. I didn't expect it, because actually I would say that this track is very different from any other track on the album. Yes, but you tend to still look at things very analytically. I mean, we all do. But you tend to sometimes take it to another level, whereas also, I know for a fact, me, if I find something that I hone in on that's distracting and disengaging, it's mm. hard for me to look past it. And I think that's yeah. the biggest problem me and Hops had is once we noticed a thing, we couldn't unnotice it. And and it kind of ruined the rest of it. So I'm curious to hear it again, and maybe I can see past it to hear all that stuff. Don't want to lose you clapping. I clearly had that problem with the third track on this. Right, yeah. It it happened. Both. Yeah. But uh, although I will return to one thing, though. Um, I think you had said it was the more... Which track was the more comfortable, the most comfortable for all of you? Center Your Love. Center Your Love. Center Your Love. That's the funny thing. You know. This was the one track that I noticed was more comfortable for me because it oh, was really? more positive. Oh, that is so it, strange. It, I know, isn't it? It's more positive to me. It's more. It's a more. Don't playful. say it. Shut up, John. Hops. This is why I say that Steve is wrong from time to time. He's oh, not he wrong. He go I know. I know. Direction. He's not in fact he's wrong. He's not on this wrong. One. <laughs> but <laughs> he's not a hundred percent right on this one. <laughs> See, Matt was thinking that he was going to go into. Uh, <laughs> everyone everyone listens, listens to music, to music differently. differently. Right. And in case I'm not wrong, I'm most right, and uh, I think I'll leave you on that note. I'm probably, nice. I'm probably most right. And you're, I'm going to just take us into the next song and talk over you because yeah, I really want to move into the next one. Anyway. Yeah. That's you true, you will. You still lie. So track still number lie. eight. So this song for me, I mean, it's no secret that I tend to latch on to the most emotional. While it might not be the most emotional track on the record, from the moment it starts, from that first synth beat, it's more in your face 80s than than center your love was and it was so powerful you just got this this feeling like this kind of 
I don't even know how to really describe it, but it just you. There was a connection. I do. I do. What? <laughs> and I I love to make fun of this band I'm about to use, but in this case, it's a compliment. This was a U2 esque introduction. Because U2 wasn't always bad. No, they weren't always bad, and this really had that kind of arena rockish kind of a feel to its beginning, which I think did a great job of of trying something different on the album itself and. It started something different with this song. All right, all right. It, I, I, just just one thing here. Uh, all right. Do you remember that point earlier? I'm talking to Mike here, not even you guys. Remember <laughs> that point earlier uh, when I said there was an 80s, sort of a general 80s vibe, and that had to do yeah. with the organ uh, that might have been uh, turned, uh, I forget. It was back there. It was back, back earlier. Yeah, earlier. In any case, this to me goes full blasts, balls to the wall, just 80s, Immersed in eighties, and yes, it's not absolutely. just one soundbite here. It's it's the entirety of the track. The most telling feature was that echo clapping, uh, uh, breakdown towards the end of each. Uh, oh, that was one. Yeah, um, that was the biggest thing for me. It is. It's in the bass. It's in the sort of misty backdrop. It makes you feel like mm. you're in a really, really campy love movie, uh, a romance film from the eighties. And the drum machine itself. The drum machine itself sounds like it just took shaved about twenty years off its life. And it's, it, the whole vibe, I just can't escape it. I mean, maybe this is sort of a minor point. Who really cares, I guess, if it's 80s or not? But considering you heard U2 out of this, I guess I'm definitely not the only one hearing it. No, it's definitely there. But I think that's what engaged me so powerfully, is those old U2 tracks, if we're going to compare it to that, were very engaging and emotional. They were very kind of bigger, larger than life well, almost. Well, this is where I'm a little bit on the fence here, because you could go either way. Like, yes, I understand the emotional uh, impact that it carried at the time. Um, and to some extent, yes, still do. But not everybody, and there were. Everyone has to be fair about this. There was a lot of things that out of the 80s that really, really were campy. Well, of course. There a lot of romance films that came out campy. And if, if that's what I see here in the beginning, I... I I can't feel the same emotional weight as you do because it's a little bit more of a tried and true kind of thing. Like I might have felt something in 1986. <laughs> but are you um, are you talking smack about the Breakfast Club right now? <laughs> <laughs> not even on the Breakfast Club. Not even uh, touching it. Well, if you want to talk campy, um, but the composition here and this really was very very well blended. I think it's a little. It's not. It's not as composed as the other stuff. It this was how safe a route. No. It, this was. This was more of a blend of each of the pieces coming together, and for that, I just love the way it flows. It was so cohesive. I just. I'm. I really did fall in love with this track. It yeah. was the closest structure to a pop. Verse chorus structure that we got on the record. Yes, because it's the closest thing you have. I mean, verse chorus, but yes, but there's a distinct break. Yeah. You get a new section, and it is a climactic section. You might as well call it the chorus. Not really any vocals going on. No, just no. Not, no. Well, but, there's the the main you still live you still live vocal. Right, but I was that in the chorus point. I don't think that was in the chorus. I'm not sure. That was all over. I think it. that was in the verse. I mean, there's quote unquote. Verse. Yeah, right. It's yeah. it it it. It breaks a couple times, and and you you t- the that sample goes away, but it's in a good amount. I mean, I I, I just want to say this is my favorite song on the album. Interesting. It's it's definitely the I don't want to say least complex because that's not nice to Mister Machine Drum, but it's <laughs> it's definitely it, the. 
more even pared, the songs down perhaps yeah even the songs that i find annoying and don't quite like i can still see the craftsmanship in right them, right and there's a lot of work that went into all of these songs but this is a little more natural this one's a little more natural it just flows out of the machines um it's very simple the the most complex it gets is when the synth all of the synth uh sounds that that we hear in the song all come together towards the end and it swells there's no there's no percussion it all just swells and it's this like gorgeous like room filling sound and right. it just feels so good. Well, I'll go I'll go heads on you again here because this is this probably has one of my favorite moments in the album and yes it is that exact moment. That's my favorite moment on yeah. the album. That's yeah. that was pretty bizarre. And I'll say that also it works with that, you know, quote unquote very loosely verse chorus structure that this is um set up. I'm not as into the verses maybe that's because that's where i really can't escape the 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 cheesiness but it really um it really takes off once it hits that first chorus and this is we're not even at the end yet here quite yet but once it hits off in the first chorus the new instrument center of course new a new variety of synth that almost mimics brass like a very very Mm high-end tinny brass but it's kind of that cheesy whiny sound but it's a cheesiness and whininess that i think really easily fits the mood and that it's creates... like a synth lead, I think, is the yeah. technical. See, you say cheesy, I say endearing. I mean, and it, yes, it's it's very yeah. Heart... Well, splitting hairs a little bit here, but yeah. I I'll join say in the whininess. And... It's 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 got a very heartfelt nature throughout the whole song, yes. and it's really when those quote unquote choruses come in that it really they it does swell, it does get more energized, but it really feels the most like brittle at that point. Where if one element were to go wrong, it really would fall apart. Okay, yeah. that's that's a fair. That, that I I am totally with you on that. And and let me say that it you know there are elements of this song that are very eighties, but when I listen to it, it to me it's very clear that it was not made in the eighties. Like you can tell oh, yeah. that he's taken certain things that either he likes or even it might be coincidental. He may have been you know, on his synths or in his software, and he, like, recognized himself, like, that sounds great, let's do that. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, it kind of sounds 80s. But, you know, like, with the reverb and all the effects that he's applied to it, it may be, like, early 90s David Lynch in a certain in a certain way, <laughs> I can, but I, 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 I definitely... And even then, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Angelo Badalamenti, I think, is the name of the guy who does his films. Not familiar with that one. He he would take like jazz and like older sounding t- uh, uh, musical genres and add his own like twist to them. He would add he would just drench them in effects, and I feel like he's doing Machine Drum is doing the same sort of thing here um, because it does sound it does sound very modern to me. Um, with elements of 80s. So I think he's, like, doing his own thing with it. Well, to be fair, I mean, to be frank about what I... This is not a major point. In, for me, uh, describing the 80s aspect here, it's really not that major a point. Right, it's not I don't like think, a... I don't think, um, I don't think that really hurts this track too much. And it does have a lot going for it, and I think it really does boil down to that, um, that build-up and that end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, it's... Even if I was not as drawn in by the quote-unquote versus the the choruses are really really what what took off for me um again 
I, I would loosely describe that point, that that, that climax point, as, as brass. But mm-hmm. it's only because, just to go back to what you said, John, you mentioned it is sort of brittle at that point. It's that, that it could brass fall apart. element that Because does. it is so high, it feels like it could break. And it, it's emotional. It's very, very emotional. And that, at that swell point. is what really solidifies the emotionality of this song. Right. Well, that's one swell, but and then it comes up again. And when it comes up again at the end, and this is the one where I think me and Hops are aligned with, that's the buildup that, that really sets things off. It's very slow. The beat in the background just gets louder and louder and louder as it approaches the final buildup. And it's just a very it's kind tense of it's and tense passionate. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's intense, totally. it's passionate, it's I wanna mention something about the title here. You still lie. Obviously there's a lot of emotional uh weight within that. Yeah. And it, it almost feels like especially in the verses, it feels like he's a little bit beaten. But yet when you consider the the cor- the courses and, and the final build up, there's sort of a little bit of a fiery soul left at that moment and i think this is going to be uh the the bounce off to the next track here but well, can i say one more thing oh, about this? yeah it it's funny because the the you still lie vocal sample is probably the most drawn out vocal sample on the album yeah it probably takes up more time uh as far as bars go or you know i don't know signatures right um than any other sample uh, on the album and the repetition it it's it's this like grueling feeling like you're still lying and it feels That's like it. you're going to be lying forever and these draw the drawn out vocal samples just like hammer and that, that way it's almost it feels nauseous. very yeah. it feels very right, introverted exactly. in that way it yeah. is nauseous it's very introverted it's very th- this this track is coming from himself it's not so much a uh, a more worldly Broad this is another intro, very personal, yeah. yeah, personal, which we've already had to some extent earlier in the Quite album, a bit. but there still pleasing moments. to other ears, you know, definitely. yeah, definitely. But um, it is, I think, a great setup for the next track, which is one word: I don't lie. No, no eyes, eyes, and I want oh, to eyes, don't, eyes lie. don't lie. I'd like to say, explain eyes something don't about lie. Me. eyes <laughs> don't lie. What he said. So here's the thing: I, you almost get. Two things from this. Of course, eyes don't lie. You look into someone's eyes and whether they're lying or not, you, you yeah, well, probably not. They're not going to lie. If you know someone's eyes, know their face, know whatnot. But it also sounds like something else. It sounds like, I don't lie, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to do a play on words, I apostrophe Z, eyes don't lie. Kind of a silly thing there. But I think it's prevalent when you consider the way that's interspersed throughout the track. You get the female vocalist now. Not the male. Not, not him or whoever it is but you have a female voice who comes in to say eyes don't lie and in many points it still sounds like she's saying i don't lie so it's sort of playing around with those halted loops again sort of modulating so sometimes you hear the clear crisp female voice saying eyes don't lie and then she gets deeper in tone deeper in tone until it's almost guttural evil sounding at some point which I, I think is, is a very clear answer to the previous. You still lie, as in the person asking, uh, explaining it to himself that you still lie, said person. Follow-up track, you have the person himself herself coming in to say, I don't lie, and it gradually gets distorted. But, it, but at the same time, it's, it's almost like he's reinforcing his statement. That's like, why it's the eyes don't lie. lie. That's why there's the double entendre right. there. Eyes don't lie is the reinforcement because it's him saying, well, eyes don't lie. How could she possibly still be lying even though I just explained to myself that she's not? And then 
it, it's just it's sort of a testament to the always changing and sort of shape shifting nature of the human voice, which is I mean, of of that that modulation in general, which is great symbolism for lying. The sort of many faces, or in this case, many voices of deceit. And I do, I really, the the repetition of that vocal bit becomes uh, amazingly complex. Uh, the modulation, the reverb that gets thrown on it. At times, there's no hard consonants in the in what she's saying. There's no D. There's no mm. T. There's it a beca- D. No, 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 no. When you hear it, you don't hear the d. You don't hear the. T. It's soft. It becomes. I so lie and becomes slurred. It becomes degenerate. It's usually coupled with that, that uh, that heavy dropout in the more B section of. of yeah, the he sound. processes the hell out of the sound. And it becomes yeah, it becomes, it, not just guttural but bestial, warped and bestial. twisted. It's it be- twisted. It, I, the thing I like about you this, guys are light words. I went straight for evil. Well, yes, but the thing <laughs> the thing I like about I don't the feel vocals. Evil. And, the that's, thing, that's a, that's oh, when it was at its lowest, I'm sorry, that felt evil. The thing I like about the vocals most in this track, and I had said earlier that the vocals really hit their their stride towards the end. With this song, the vocals aren't even individual movements. They bleed from movement to movement. It bleeds through the track. Yeah. To mm. the point where when the heavy distortion and warp is on those vocals, it barely sounds human and bleeds through into the next section where... He, he brings it back, and it does sound human again. Well, to boil what I said down to just layman's terms, I mean, just as, as a description here, if someone said, I don't lie, you know, why, why, why wouldn't you believe them, right? If someone right. said, I don't lie, oh, I think you'd maybe have a second guess about it. And it, that's essentially what this what this song does. It, yeah. it takes that sample and it, twists it and contorts it as you said. simply using speed, tone, and adjustment to convey multiple emotions with the same phrase recorded. As but, I said, the many voices of deceit. But but the whole the whole crux of this story, this almost joke we're getting, is that it's the same exact words. And it's just the ability for your ear to hear something as simple as this phrase and yet construe it and misconstrue it a thousand and one times just by replaying it over and over and over in your mind. And that's what this becomes to me. This is a memory that's just... You don't know how to take it. You, you're wor- This is worry. This is worry in so many different ways. Uh, the, the back and forth of the, the heavier, speedier uh, uh, snare with deep chords going back and forth and then going into those really deep dropped out part Bs and then back into a, a similar yet reimagined A... It's it's sort of that back and forth of, of of how do you take it? You remember that event and you're trying to make it better in your mind, but you can't do it. And I just I got so much out of that song. It's like a struggle almost. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 so much of reflective memory. This almost is my favorite song on the album. Yeah, it's almost is. It's definitely the 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 best crafted song on the album because it it goes through so many like you've been saying it goes through so many different changes. Uh, there, are, there are parts of this song that sound completely different than other parts of the song. And, and it's it, the first song on the album that's done that. Um, it doesn't lose its cohesion, though. No, it doesn't. Because of the repetition right. of the vocal. Right, right. The vocals keep it all there. Whether, you know, I mean, they they, they change drastically throughout the song in but a very great way. the tempo remains the same and the vocals exactly. are present. The drum sounds stay the same, even if certain drums are taken away. 
It's the best beat work on the album, without the a doubt. The phasing's great. The yeah. layering is great. I'd... Best beat work. Um, well, in terms of overall uh, overall craft, I mean, seeing as you say this is the, the craftiest track on the album, it's kind of a funny one for me, because I, I had previously thought that would either be, at least, again, to my ears, it would either be track two or track seven. Exactly the opposite <laughs> of where you're at. Right. But I, I will probably agree that this track here, because it's really a runner-up for me, um that it maybe is the craftiest because it actually adds theme. I mean, that's one thing that yeah. I can't say for track yeah, two. Yeah. Except for track two, of course, that had the ineffable quality that I described, that sort of vastness of the cosmos thing, which almost almost is a little bit separate, although it, it pops up in various other tracks here. But but um, this has a distinct theme. There's no escaping it. Mm-hmm. I mean, subject is lying, and that that's it right there. You almost don't have to go beyond that. This is a, an experimental electronic music piece this takes one theme one sound bite and 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 plays around with it uh, infinitely that that to me is a whole separate form of craft so i'm probably going to jump on board that this is the most crafty track in the album yeah and what's what's funny about that is that the most danceable song on the i can see a <laughs> dj at that a, i wouldn't agree with. <laughs> oh i could see that a dj at a club spinning this and people going nuts over I definitely it. see a mashup available for this to definitely <laughs> to really doing some right. some nice heavy club music going on that, and believe also, not, that in fact was CC for me that was my oh, most really? dance track How I'd funny. be all over that in any club how funny um, what's also interesting about this song for me is those uncomfortable and almost annoying moments I was talking about like with CC they're it almost hits that point in this song, but it only gets to a certain point where it adds to the theme of the song and the struggle. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't get to full on, like, ah, get out of my ear. It gets to this almost point where it's like, I'm going to make you uncomfortable, but you're still going to be really interested in what I'm doing here. Well, that's and, almost... and you're still going to you're still going to be able to hear everything else that's going on in the song. This one, I think, is probably more approachable that way because everyone's been at that point in a relationship where you you start to suspect and you have those issues starting to develop. And is she cheating on me or is he doing this or is she doing that? And it's that point where you think things, you know, things are starting to fall apart, but you don't want to convince yourself. That's what I'm getting here. Yeah, totally. Well, that that inner argument there is is almost comparable to what we were getting back in Don't Want to Lose You. Even though that just wasn't, we weren't having it from a musical perspective, there was that molding nature there uh, yeah. with that beat. Of Which course, is why I like that choppy, that choppy, that so, choppy, yeah. Yeah, points, points for theme, for sure. Definitely. Um, I think we ought to go to the final track now. Yes, uh, track 10, Baby It's You, the letter U. Baby It's You. Done that a bunch. So, this song <laughs> takes an interesting start. Um, it's it's mostly sound bites and sound effects to start. Mm-hmm. Percussion, almost like water droplets. This not, is where... Not even, it's, it's almost ripples. It's yeah. ripples itself, and using that as beat work. Somebody said or, bones. Yeah, before. cracking knuckles. Oh, yeah. It yeah. almost gave the illusion of both rainfall and cracking knuckles. It, it was, could be bones, actually. I, I saw it as like two hollow sticks, but you could also sort of get a similar sound off of bones themselves. And it's like they're crackling together. That, combined with the water ripples, rippling, everything is just so... Popping and and we, we also said it kind of represent uh, sounded like a washboard with spoons running across it too. Well, that that's heavy not, percussion. Uh, that's because it, it uh, in the beginning here. Yeah. In the beginning, it's sort of everything is crisp. As I said, it, it it pops out at you. It's very crisp, but you can't even avoid it. But then later, as the track 
develops, that kind of gets fused into it, where it, it needs to kind of take a back seat to everything else going on. It's still very integral, but it, it, that's when we sort of perceive it more as a washboard, rather which, than hearing the individual droplets of water or ripples. Which is kind of unusual, because what gets introduced is a very cottony kind of muffled guitar work, cottony kind of muffled uh, bass work, bass strings. It's, they're very much that... It, it's speaking to the water effect, or even the underground bones connection, of of being you know deep, no no real crispness. It's very much the reverb vibration. A lot of the high end has been caught off of these these notes. Well, the the whole intro where it's mostly just sound effects, kind of is kind of this organic underground, if you will, feeling this kind of of the earth sound mm-hmm. or bubbly, deep currenty sound. Right, but either way, very of the earth, very kind of natural, almost dark. But too. but what really was intriguing is once the the main meat of the song kicks in, you get a very soulful. I like to call it Brian McKnight almost sounding soulful singing. Baby, it's you. Just pretty much like that, um, and it, you know it gives this kind of heart to the song that also still feels very organic and natural with the rest of the instrumentation. And I'll actually say that that heart is uh, available in those bass strings, those almost cello-ish. It, it's almost heartbeat, and it's, it, I feel like it's a heartbeat that was turned into a note. I interpreted it more, at least when it first uh, developed, it was a distant sort of muffled piano that sort of builds very softly, and then with a very distinct melody, it, it's sort of shrouded, but still but still distinct in its way. It's very strange. And I mean, it, up- was, it was, again, a great re- use of check- texture, just like the beginning of the piece. You have that, that crisp sounds in the beginning. You, that's clear texture. And then here in the middle, even when more is going on, you maintain that same form of texture. It probably had the best example of texture in the piece because that's one thing that it, I think it has over the previous. You know, there's more, there's more edit work going on with mm-hmm. the sampling in the previous, but texture is, is something... You're not sampling vocal at this point. You're sampling just sounds. Actually reminds me of, of and I may have mentioned this earlier, a piece that I, I did back in college where I actually uh, had to compose um, electronic music piece, and I, I had came up with this idea that I would use coffee, right? Coffee rippling, coffee pouring into a, into a pot out of, out of its, its dispenser, uh, sugar packets sort of shaking and then pouring in, and the stirring, and I would combine those to sort of form some kind of piece. It wasn't that good. In any case... Very hipster of you. Yeah, well... <laughs> at least I can say it was for an assignment, yeah. though. So, it, it almost... It, it reminds me of the type of, type of things that were sort of discussed around back in that course, the mm-hmm. electronic music uh, center of... of um, how would you put it? What is really valued, I guess, out of an electronic piece. And texture is, is and the- high on top. Because if you don't have notes to deal with... Then, then texture is really all you have, and well, it kind of highlights that and makes you work more on it. And it's the height of that sound bite idea, is the, the, the coffee thing you're talking about, and what they do here in the beginning of the song with the water. It's very natural sounds from natural things, even if yeah. they weren't, even yeah. if it was all computer created, right. it still sounded like something that was physical. Exactly. And and the, it kind of made the vocals almost comical. They weren't. But they were almost because the rest they of the were, song they were, they were very well built though because it was that 
that muffled, reverbed, echoey, all these adjectives being thrown here. It sounded like he was singing from a cave, essentially. Well, here's something we may never do again. built into clarity, and that really was that later rising tones, and that kind of wah-wah. The uh, tone work that was well, thrown in there. I think the muffled piano that I heard at some point. Although I have, was, a, I have a p- it point rose, about that later. It rose so beautifully to him going from darkness to the light, to use the cave metaphor, mm-hmm. or to go from the depths of the ocean rising above into the sky and all these beautiful, pretty Disney-esque kind of ideas. But it really didn't come off as that cheesy kind of an idea. It really did did build hope into the track. Well, just just yeah. to backtrack... Um, Again, here's something we may never, ever do again, but let's break down that, that title. Baby, it's you. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? You're the one, baby. Baby, it's you. Th- that probably... The, the only the one... The most simple way you can yeah. possibly right. describe that. Well, or, uh, it's, the, you, the idea, not, it's you, not me. I, what I think, though, <laughs> with, which promotes it's, that darkness. It's baby, it's you. the letter U, as the title implies. Baby. Um, <laughs> Sesame Street, right? Well, well nice there's no comma. Maybe it's Baby, you. It's you. That would be a perfect Sesame Street sketch if ever I've heard one. It's not an EW. It's a U. <laughs> in 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 retrospect, though, with the cave metaphor more strongly, the way that the the vocal work is kind of echoing, it's almost as if he this male unknown male vocalist is on the search for this one this one person they know who's the one, and they're trying to find them as if they had yeah. lost them in the previous songs. Yeah. Through that strife and hardship, or there's something yeah. physical about that. There's something organic about that. Yeah, or, or a singular or, a, bringing a singular person to fruition. That that's the one you want. Yeah, that's or, all you care about. There's closeness involved there. I yeah. have another idea. It could be the realization of the importance of this individual, and the coming to terms of going from in the dark to realizing what's going on. And, and I'm the first yeah. to point out I mean, that this... a lot of these things could be just. Pulling out of, out of our ass right here. But Which I'm, very, honest, I'm very what good else at. Do you have to go at? Oh, John is excellent at that. But, but I'm surprised um, at how much you guys are ass pulling. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing you have nothing else to go off of considering uh, in, in, mar- in marrying the, the, the music and the vocals here. Because the vocals, they, they are really just used as music. The sound bites are sound bites, and that's almost it. But you, since you have a vague theme, uh, being built from the previous couple of tracks here, you almost want to keep that theme going. So when you link organic and and closeness, there's something there. There is a connection there. Yeah, I totally. feel it. Yeah, I I, I had actually a very emotional response when I listened to this song last night. When I, you know, to just, you know, think about the album and really sort of get my head around it uh, for tonight. And it, when I listen to this album, I see a man crawling out of the muck, essentially, <laughs> right? It, it starts with this very simple, these simple sounds. Well, they're not simple. They're, you know, very complex sounds um, that are primitive. And and then it's it's almost like this, this man coming out of this very primitive sound and he's struggling to get his girl back almost. Like, I see him crawling and crawling. Crawling out of the primordial soup. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and Which I can definitely get of, from the opening. Uh, yeah, and what's interesting about this song is halfway into it, you, you sort of forget where that sample began and where the song started to actually become a song. Mm. Because, like, in, you know, it's like, it was, it was like three minutes in, I was like, how... 
It is a very it, gradual. It's process. almost like yeah. Where did it start? Is this still the intro? And and I love that about it. And that's one of the reasons why it feels like such such a struggle. And 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 like somebody is is crawling. It's almost like a, a last gasp or like a, a final love letter before we leave the album, mm. um, which is quite beautiful. It's actually me. a very strong conclusion track. I yeah. think it it really gives that final that feel of finality and. Not necessarily bad or good. It's kind of ambiguous in its finality, but it, it does feel like to it's a, ending. To a minor point, this is actually another thing that's ambiguous here, is that when that 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 muffled piano started building softly, sort of toward the middle of the track, as I said, it was sort of with a very shrouded but kind of distinct melody. I immediately thought that was a great use of texture itself, but after it grew, I found out that it was actually a guitar. Mm. Or possibly a mandolin. So even that that in itself, he kind of duped me, and that's ambiguous yeah. because it started off the way it was muffled. It it, it had the it had the resonance of a it's piano, a true... and then it became more crisp as it went along. It's so a, a true... lot of this in the track is, is gradually evolving, gradually yeah. evolving uh, sounds. In I think it's a true mastering of sound and notes to be able to pull that kind of a, a, a you know the wool over your eyes kind of a thing, you know. And that actually lends to the whole theme work of the album because I have to do this. It's it's a it's a very tried and true kind of an idea, a very tried and true piece. This is a personification of a relationship, probably a not very good one with the way some of these turns actually go, uh, especially towards the end of it. It's reflective, yet in the moment at times. I do love that about this. There's a lot of evolution, and it's a lot of you have to take it as it comes along. And that's one of always been my favorite aspects of electronica music is that it's very much a moment-by-moment enjoyment. And in this case, it builds upon its predecessors as the songs do progress, but it still retains that whole instantaneous kind of a feeling to it. Um, I guess I'm doing the wrap-up. Well, I'm going to interrupt you just before you do, because it's funny how the way you interpret electronic music is exactly the opposite of how I interpret it. I don't see it so much as moment-to-moment enjoyment. I actually see a lot of electronica as the whole. The whole as in not just everything that's happening vertically, like at that single moment, but also horizontally within the extent of that loop, however long it chooses to drag itself out for. That kind of you kind of need to enjoy that as a whole first. That's not a moment to moment thing. That's 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 breadth. You need you need to enjoy it uh, a long in a longer span. Well, I think that actually speaks to why I prefer uh, the more ambient nature of electronica as opposed to the more clubhouse nature of electronica, because the ambient nature is designed to build upon itself but leave you feeling. Uh, that emotional journey right, and but to even go then, throughout the whole journey yes but to actually feel it through the the, the snippets the it moments. does require patience yes but more patience s- than a lot of other genres yes I will definitely attest to that but in in something like Clubhouse it's actually more focused upon the momentary beat work but you have to enjoy it on the macro scale in the ambience, it's designed around the macro scale, but you have to enjoy it more on the individual second-by-second second nature. It's it's sort of 
a duality here. Well, I don't want to generalize because there are lots of divisions of, of electronica course. that's just a, such a super umbrella genre. Yeah. But but in this, I love the 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 step by step, the piece by piece, and I see how it works as cohesive units. Because there's so much progression here. There is a, and this is my official wrap up. There's so much progression here. There's so much going on here because the layering is amazing. The vocal work is not vocal work. It is just another instrument and it's expertly used. There are some songs I just, I don't like, which is going to happen on uh, techno, ambient, or whatever other words you want to attribute to this type of an album. There are lots of things that you just, just are going to rub you the wrong way. Like simplified clapping beat. Oh my god, I could have done that in 10 minutes on Fruity Loops. Kind of an idea. Or. Well, not this, you, someone with yes, talent. Yes, exactly. I could have done when I was actually good Aww. at this. We're going to sell a lot of Fruity Loops with this podcast. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but Just him. He's the only one talking about it. <laughs> the, the imagery of the titles, and I really think that. While I heard a lot of the imagery in the songs without knowing the title names, it does come to the forefront when you know what he's trying to create. I think it was expertly done. At the same time, I really heard nothing like groundbreaking, nothing magical. It was just really good to just kind of, meh. But as a whole, it works great. I love the journey I went on here. Uh... The ending was really, really good. Mm -hmm. And Baby It's Us is my favorite song. Uh, Baby uh, It's You. Baby It's You is my favorite song. I love the progressions of 8, 9, 10 and how they really do work. But it's, for me, it's Don't Want to Lose You, Rise and Fall, and Vision were a little bit of a letdown. I know everybody's going to have their own list. That's because of that, because of that, this is this is a solid four star album. There's a lot of real goodness here. Uh, goodness doesn't have that macro monstrosity that we found in things like Boards of Canada or the Migration, but it's really got some. It's really really good. It just there's so many things it's a, it's evocative of that I just enjoy it. So this album is one of those things where. I find that initially it doesn't lend to my tastes initially. Like when I first listened to Gunshotta, which I can't say as good as Hobbs. Gunshotta. There it is. Um, when I first heard him, I, I was intrigued and curious about the record because I didn't really know a lot of, I didn't know any of their previous work and I don't know a lot of Chill Wave or even a, a huge amount of techno or house. Um, I knew it in the 90s, but it's not really the same now. Uh, but I mean, Gunshada was intriguing enough to get me to Infinite Us, which I was kind of pulled into. And, you know, there were ups and downs to the whole record, although my short list of things that I was not really into isn't going to be the same as John's. On the whole, I mean, Machine Drum is doing something here that I disagree with John, I think is something new. Maybe the specific sounds and soundbite qualities isn't new but what he's doing with it in some of these songs is completely unlike things i've heard before i mean i'm sure stuff like was done in eyes don't lie has been done before but to this this degree i think was another level at least to me maybe it's just because i haven't heard enough of this genre um i mean songs like center your love uh you still lie eyes don't lie baby it's you i mean these songs rise and fall 
I mean, really, even, you know, I liked Vizion or Vision or Vizion or whatever the hell we're calling it. Vizion. Vizion. <laughs> um, like, I mean, really, the only song that truly kind of really rubbed me the wrong way were, th- were three and seven. Don't Want to Lose You and CC. Just, it, it, one was too repetitive for me and I couldn't see past it. And the other was the, those vocals, those halting awkward vocals just pulled me out of the song and high-pitched tones but that's two songs out of 10 songs that's damn good considering the albums i and we have given really great ratings where only two songs we didn't like i mean i went from initially only being okay with this album after the first listen to the second listen being wow i think i will actually listen to this more and listen to it again don't go off a track percentage take the holistic route well what don't, don't, go, don't go off a percentage. Don't no, like, no, well, it's, two, two, two it's not a percentage. And, you know, six, it's, two, not, it's not a percentage. It's just the fact that I can't judge it harshly for not liking two songs. I can't because yeah. I've rated albums very high where I didn't like two songs. It, it's the reality that this album did something for me I didn't expect. I want to hear it again a third time and maybe even a fourth and more. It did grow on me and I do like it. Um, so, but I can't, it's not a 4.5. It didn't go to that next level like Steam Power Giraffe does and, and, and other bands. I'm not going to no, list. There's no magicness. There was magic in moments, but not on the album as a whole. So for me, it's it's a 4.25. I was going into this thinking I was going to rate it in the low, high threes, low, you know, high threes or four. But it, it really is a 4.25. It goes a little bit past that next step. But between just the connection that you build, the arc that's clearly here, and the theme that's here, even if it's not obvious everywhere, it's definitely an engaging album. And it's definitely an original voice for Machine Drum. And I don't know if that applies to his past works. But definitely this is a unique voice, and I'm interested to hear more of it. So that's where I stay with it. All right. Very interesting. I could go so many routes with this album, so try to take the road least traveled. This, at least answering to what John said, there's very little on this album that I dislike. Actually, very little. Um, three might be track three might be the only one. Don't want to lose you, and even then, I'm not. Dislike is kind of a heavy term for me because in the end, I I am academically interested in that beat work. I think that was fairly innovative. May not, it may grow on me in a few years, who knows. A lot of times patterns just sort of need to set themselves in your brain. Apart from that, looking at an album here that is very in line with my tastes. Pretty much front to back. It's... It speaks to the kind of... The chill wave is not something is not a word that I ever used to really describe to it. It was kind of a recent word for me. Um, ambient is not a word that I would really use to describe it either. So I'm just going to try to describe a general a general vibe here. And a lot of it has to do with the kind of... The kind of urban music that you would find. Sort of in an urban setting. In, in, in a densely packed environment. Where there's a lot going on. And that to me is conveyed by a lot of... By a lot of um, a lot of texture throughout this album. Now I know that that may that's really not part of the theme, but often that's very rarely part of the theme. It's just the backdrop. It's the setting. It's that busyness that's found in a lot of techno or, or things of that ilk that I'm kind of attracted to. Uh, that things just to cite some specific examples here. For instance, the uh, 
the backdrop, the re that very heavy reverb on synth that uses chords that broach the upper partials, like the 9th 11s, as I said. Though, that combination for me is just almost, it's almost, I'm a sucker for it, just very, very easily. That said, I've heard so much of it at this point that it is tough to bring me something new within that genre. And that's, you know, quote-unquote genre, just vibe, whatever, have you will. And that's where this album really, really takes a strange turn, because there are some moments where I think it is doing something drastically new within the genre, or as you said, Matt, for uh, Machine Drum himself. Granted, I don't know his previous work, but it sounds he, he sounds very... There, there are moments where I think you can tell with any artist whether they're falling into old patterns or not, whether you've heard their old patterns at all. I think that's usually prevalent within the, the construct of certain tracks. You can tell whether certain tracks are just going to fall back into the same loop. It almost says that the artist is getting lazy. I don't detect laziness on this album. I really don't at all. In which case, I have to say this is fairly, this is fairly innovative, not just for him, but for, uh, for music broadly. I will cite specific examples, though, with more than others. And those, for me, even though they separate from your lists, that is track two, um, Infinite Us, track seven, CC, and moments of, uh, of Baby It's You, and even, even You Still Lie, uh, those, those, um, that brassy synth moments. But that's the thing. You're gonna deal with moments in a lot throughout a work like this, not always full tracks. That said, he's still a great composer. He still puts them together very well at the end. So I almost have to take the objective route here and rate it more highly than I would just for pure emotional gain. Because the emotional game is just on the tracks that I cited. Beyond that, it's almost like, eh, it could be hit or miss with me. But objectively, it's still very well done compared to a lot of other electronic music we've done. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this up to 4.2. I would have probably left it at 4, but this is this gets my vote up. So a little bit below me, quite a, uh, and a bit higher than John. Uh, where are you at, Hobbs? All right. Um, Hobbs. 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 Um, I like this name. album. I think it's a good album. Um, it's it is the first cohesive album that he's done, um, and if if you <laughs> you should go back and listen to his other stuff because it, it there are hints in there of of the work that we see on this album, but not not a ton. He's actually half of a group called Sepulchre, which does a lot of similar stuff to this, but it's not nearly wait, as wait, good. What was that name? Sepulchre. Not I Sepultura. Yeah, Sepultura. No, I know them. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, overall, I, I, I thought this was a good album. There are three songs that I did not like, but I still appreciated and still found, uh, saw the craftsmanship in them. Um, it's very concentrated work. I like albums that are ten songs long, where they take advantage of every single minute that they have. Um the, the vocal samples are great, uh, and they really complement the synth and make most of the songs sound very full. Um, you know, most of it sound The album sounds very uh, monochromatic when you first listen to it. It all sort of sounds the same, but when you pop on a good pair of headphones and really dive into it, you start to see a lot yeah. that you didn't see before. It's crisp. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good work. It takes you to another place too, like the the name Vapor City, 
when I listen to the album, those words, Vapor City, they really resonate with me because when I think of like sweeping synths, I think of vapor and I think of mist and I think of like this sort of like ethereal atmosphere. And so I get a lot from, from that. Um, and yeah, like I said, even when it's bad or annoying, it's still well done. You know, it really is that, that question of taste and, and what sounds you like. Um, and, uh, and the other thing the I think it's interesting, his use of sounds that are both tense, um, and uncomfortable and sounds that are very lush and beautiful. He does a lot of that. And to put those together, especially in Eyes Don't Lie, um, really sounds great. I've listened to the album over 10 times. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I'm bouncing back and forth between a three, seven, five and a four, but I think I'm going to stick with a four. So, um, that's, that's, that's me on that and go listen to his other stuff because it is drastically different. Um, and you'll, you'll probably raise an eyebrow to it interesting yeah oh, this um, is this is um i'm even gonna you even made some great points there especially just uh how he sort of combines that that lush beautiful sounds with the sort of unnerving i think that is also a great mm. point which probably contributes to why i like this because the thing is it's so easy for work like this to fall flat it yeah. really really is you take that you take that that those base components and if you're just too comfortable with them, if you think that they stand on their own without actually doing something with them over the course of time, they can grow really, really static. Mm-hmm. And I still would argue that maybe he's like right on the brink with that. He could do more. He could go further with a lot of this. But he's in a really, really good place. He's not really failing to me in any moment. No. That, that's the way I see this, at least. Yeah, even the bad stuff is still yeah. not a failing. I mean, on an overall wrap-up, I would say this is worth listening to no matter where your tastes lie in music. You know this. You know on the simple simplified scale of burn it, listen to it, buy it, listen to it. Definitely don't miss this record. It's now, interesting at the very least. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Very, very intriguing, especially this for is, no one who's for uh, someone who's never heard any any work like this. You would definitely. We're, we're be all coming intrigued. in with something, some background with this type of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it, it could blow someone's mind. Uh, Quite who easily. Had never yeah. heard this the first sure. time. Well, and let me let me just add one more thing. I'm sorry. Uh, he, Go for it. So. Uh, was it you, John, that mentioned um, like other other types of uh, like uh, there, there's there's hints of like stuff that you've heard like dance music, other types of techno, yeah. but you know it's it's presented it's, in it's, a is a much uh, much different way than right. you would actually come to expect electronica to be. I right. think those... because there is there is a lot of that here. There is a lot of jungle and there is a lot of drum and bass. And even there's a hip-hop. hell of a lot of house. He's music. straddling yeah, a hip-hop. line between a lot of this, where, where he he comes off as very original. He right. comes off as sort of separate from the pack. Again, the pack is just so jumbled. It's a mess of people who a lot of times sound exactly like one another. And he's and standing out. That's worth uh, my points for putting him over a four. And that's right. that's that's the main reason is because he doesn't do the verse chorus that you get in so much electronica. So a lot of that is actually tailored towards a verse chorus idea. Oh yeah. Which is something he doesn't delve into. This is natural prog stylized as opposed to 
I would agree with that. Pop stylized yeah. of electronica, which is, I think, what really sets sets this kind he's, of music he, apart. Even that, in that regard, he stays away from falling into either category. It's not it's not so structured, you know. Begin part A and part B begins, you know, outro, intro, it's, and whatnot. It, it becomes but a at the same time, it's not just it's not a hundred percent sound bites. It's not just the same from moment one to it's, moment it's the A to clo- Z. I mean, it's the closest we've gotten, at least in stuff we've reviewed, to an even balance of that stuff. Yeah, I think. and it's it's mostly how he introduces everything. He's he's a master at showing you, this is what you're gonna hear next, and you're gonna like it. Mm. I could have used a little bit more aha moments, and that would have really pushed it to the. I think so aha. too. Yeah, there were no real aha moments. Like, aha. Yeah, but um, but um. Oh, I will add one more thing. Now that we're off the review, technically, I didn't say <laughs> it during, but I'm gonna say it now. John, this is everything the deep chord could have been. Could have been had it actually gotten off that other thing being a soundbite front to back. Uh, it's more it, introspective. If it being minimalistic, Deep Chord could have done this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I. But sometimes I like minimalism. Was Deep Chord one of the ones that you guys liked initially, and then the more you listened? No, to no, it? no, no, no. It's no, one. No. They hated it. Me and Matt hated it front okay. to back. I lowered it because I episode know I was more Episode seventy. Refer episode seventy. Everyone, <laughs> check out Deep Chord. I was over three. They were both two or 70. less. But just the thing, you you said that you know that it moved you in a certain way, yeah. just the chords wise. But that's the thing. Does it me? This is more introspective, more moody, and more variety without sacrificing form or modesty. And that's the sort of quintessential ambient chill wave that I think uh, really gets me. It's kind of a mutedness. I think I I mean I mostly agree with Steve. I don't, I, but I don't know that I would go as far as to say this is what some other band could have been because it's not them. It's this band. So. It's it's almost apples and oranges because I mean Deep Chord might have been going for that minimalistic sound. So True. saying what it could it have is, been, it's a shining example of how to make mood music more engaging. Yes, I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. But wow, I mean, I didn't expect by listening to this album that we'd go almost two hours on talking about this album. That said, well, it's magic. Yeah, he's got some magic. On that yeah. note, everyone, go and listen to Prefu Seventy Three and the Thievery Corporation. That uh, will compliment this uh, this and well. And also, after this podcast, go listen to Hops. Oh! So our guest today, who's been chatting with us about the record, is Hops, the hip hop rap type. And now we will talk to him. Um, who I again met at a uh, Share for the Dark Lord show, uh, his album release show, um, and was blown away by his energy on stage, his ability to rhyme, and the beats that he rhymed over. Um, Thank you. And uh, so it's a pleasure to have you. So I mean, the first thing I want to ask is is honestly, how did I mean, how did you know you wanted to pursue hip hop in any way, shape, or form? Um, it's a weird story. I was in sixth grade, and I went. I, w- I was at a school that. Uh, it, I guess you could classify it as an inner city school. It was very urban. There was a lot of um, hip hop culture was big. And most of the kids were doing it, and I wanted to fit in, so I sort of hopped on without even really caring about it. It was Mm -hmm. just a way for me to sort of figure out um, who I was going to be and how I was going to have a good time at this school. Um, And then I realized that I was terrible at it, and I (laughs) didn't like that, so I just sort of made sure that I wasn't terrible. So I was, I was just stubborn. Like, I was just like, I'm bad at this. I can't be bad at this. So, like, I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. Um, and, I mean, I was, lis- I, was listening to, I was listening to more hip-hop back then than I am now. Um, I was listening to, like, Ice Cube, uh, KRS-One. For, for, for all of those folks who 
are younger. Ice Cube wasn't always an actor. He actually made music at one point. Yeah, actually, he, some <laughs> quite good music. That's right. Um, Instead of making terrible family comedies. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so yeah, you know, Ice Cube, Karis One, MC Shan, the Beastie Boys, sure, of, course, of course, are huge influence. Um, uh, and Insane Clown Posse. I was a big because of the their creativity and their energy and the the picture that they painted for their fans. Usually uh, on their face. Usually on their face. Hey, no, they, I mean they were very engaging. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, they uh, were showmen beyond anything else. Exactly. So this, they're very hilarious in interviews. You oh ever yeah. Heard their interviews? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's quite a right. Because they don't care what anybody thinks about. Them. That's that's yeah. so they say whatever they want and. You should see their movie. They're Western. Big Money Hustlers. Oh, Big Money Rustlers. Yeah. That's the sequel to it Big was, Money Hustlers. It was, Rustlers? my eyes were bleeding at the end of it. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so you I, I, will, I always want to, you mentioned that you were very stubborn about going uh, through and, and sort of honing the, the hip-hop talent. And that's that's probably the most respectable answer to an interview question of that nature than I've ever heard. Because normally the answer is always something like, well, you know, I just I just found it was my thing. I just found it was, you know, my niche that oh, I went so into. Oh, it so wasn't Everyone, my thing that's at the thing. all. That's the, that's the answer you always hear, though, whenever you ask people. It's just like, well, I just fell right into it. And the, you worked at it, and that's Natural really appreciated. Natural talent. Yeah. Well, and then, like, I got, I, got, I got to the point where I was good at it, but I was interested in other types of music. So it was this weird, it was this weird thing where it's like, okay, well, I don't, I love, I love rapping and I love rhymes and I love the process of writing, but I don't necessarily want to do what Eminem does or do, you know, so I don't know. It was very strange. Like I, I haven't bought a hip hop record, God, in like over 10 years, probably. (laughs) Cause I just I can't stand it. Like right. most of it really annoys me. People are like, yo, man, you gotta check out Action Bronson. You gotta check out Drake. You gotta check out all these. And I do. And it just there's like nothing there for me. And I I, I mean I agree with that a lot as far as hip hop goes. I mean, like I've said before, to no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast, I'm into nerdcore and and kind of things on the peripheral of hip hop more than hip hop lately. I mean. Uh, stuff like the, that Schaefer and, and MC Fernalot and you know even Macklemore and Ryan Lewis do is is I feel like a return to what hip hop really should be in the direction it should go than what some of the other mainstream finger quote artists have been doing yeah. a lot of it is boring and repetitive well there's no I mean here's the thing about hip hop is the point is to speak your mind there's no rules about what what is supposed to be on your mind, what you're supposed to spit. That's kind of the it's, rub, isn't it? <laughs> There's no rules, so inevitably you can't really, you know, change the uh, the whole way things are going. A yeah. lot of times you just kind of have to accept it because that's the underwritten rule. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm going to say, I, I, and we have listened to your album, uh, I think you're going back to the old school roots, and that is the more personalized type of hip-hop. Which is actually what's on the peripheral and starting to become a little more mainstream. This is, I mean, hip hop started talking about what was going on in wherever you were. And because it was such an inner city idea, it had that kind of inner city presentation. Right. Mm. It had that, that kind of dejected kind of a feel in a lot of uh, ways. But it also contained some heavy elements of hope and of making it big and getting out of there. And that aspect, that making it big, overshadowed so much of hip hop. And has become what we consider 
mainstream, what becomes yeah. the mainstream rap. Well, well it was a really, it was a really elaborate celebration, is what that was, because the music was really starting to get recognized. Rap artists were making a ton of money, and it was that whole idea, you know, from the ghetto to the mansion, right. you know, and that was something to be proud of, and that is something to be proud of, but it just like completely overtook the 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 popular rap industry that's the thing i mean when you hear that 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 rev that revelation it, it's it's very it has a lot of impact for instance like in in 1986 like okay that is new that is new this is a a a genre that no one ever really thought would take would take off they thought it was kind of going to be a fad a lot of people thought it was going to be a fad and yet it did take off so sure revel in it for a while after 20 something years it's kind of almost not worth reveling because after 20 years you it's clear it made it it has it has that power it will probably always have that power does that always have to be the subject matter right which is actually why i really enjoyed your album um with uh jack f jenny jack fuck jenny yeah yeah uh with clockwork with so good some of the songs that i really really did enjoy it was grittier it was it just came off realistic as opposed to bright lights and gold plating it, yeah it definitely has a more humanizing element that you find in the early hip-hop and i, I gotta commend you for that i really enjoyed it yeah and and it's funny you know speaking to why we're the, these three hosts are a perfect combination because we we do look at things so differently the songs that i attached to off the record were the catchier songs but that spoke more to his personal i feel hops is more personal taste in music than his his event life events like i mean i've already said at nauseum that brain shake is one of my favorite songs of the record and for me it's because it's got the hook of one of my favorite u2 songs she moves in mysterious ways and that obviously you've said you're a fan of u2 you you've enjoyed their music so it speaks to your taste which you totally get a sense of with the way you mix that track you know the way it sounds you know and just leading in what else do you who else do you like who else do I like? Those well, besides you two and ICP, <laughs> which is a beautiful combination. Oh man, the the Such big ones, the big ones. Let's see, uh, Nine Inch Nails, okay, New Order. Oh wow, New Order. Um, nice. Massive Attack. Um, Moby is a big, big oh, one I for really me. Like Moby. Sure. Um, I actually, so time. good is a Moby sample from his. Uh, his punk rock album that he put out in 94. Oh, wow. Oh, man, I, I skipped Ni- that No, one. 90, it's either 94 or 97. I can't remember. It's called Animal Rights. And it's his least successful album. <laughs> Which is probably um, why I haven't heard of it, because yeah. I didn't have money to it, buy You should check it out. Then. It's great. It's great. It's, I mean, it's, it's some of it's industrial, some of it's, most of it's punk rock, but then there's like, really like, there's an 11-minute song called Alone, and it's just this like, deep, percussive, like, these deep percussive drums in the background with these soft strings and it just builds and builds and builds um that's that's a good album check out that album um so and who else uh what what genres do you listen to just in general i listen to a lot of electronic based music oh really a lot of electronic based music i know we were talking off air about daft punk and everything that's going on with them yeah uh I, I gotta ask, what do you like? What do you what do you think of the whole dubstep mu- uh, movement? When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it's just it's annoying. Really, that's yeah, pretty okay. much what we've all said. Like we've yeah. had moments where like, oh, this is doing something interesting and new, 
oh my god, this is god awful. Yeah. Like it's it's very much an extreme genre. It's still more on the, more on the edge of that where it's uh, I, I'm hard pressed to to hear the the stuff that really works. You're gonna have to throw that by me because I mean, I, times cliche, I've as, been di- disappointed more than I have. As cliche as it sounds, Skrillex, the yeah. guy knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, and he's just become a joke, which is really a shame because he really is good. Yeah, he really is good. His first couple albums are are, are incredible, and like, but what he does is it's not all about that modulated bass. That is what dubstep is. He puts a lot of harmony in his songs. He puts a lot of like samples and piano and all type. I mean, there's a lot going on in those songs. A lot of them are pretty. Like, you know, I mean, really, even with the hard-hitting dubstep bass that we've all come to know and love. Um, or at least know. Yeah, at least know. In some cases. Right. Um, but yeah, but, you know, then there are other guys who they just, the, the entire, their entire show is dependent on that sound. Yeah. And the only way that you can enjoy it is if you've had massive amounts of alcohol <laughs> and you're on massive amounts of drugs and the only thing that really matters to you is the way that the bass is making you feel. Yeah. <laughs> so like, stand as close as possible to the speaker. It's ecstasy. Yeah. Essentially. There you go. Right. Um, of course, um, I had mentioned this briefly off air, so I'm going to ask on air. You mentioned before about how you kind of just hopped onto the hip-hop train. Um, that brings me to your your, your hip-hop name, Hops. Yeah. Where does that stem from? Is it because of that, or is it from somewhere um, else? Well, when I first started rapping, I had a really terrible name. It was it was Digifunk. <laughs> that's uh, why you reference it in in the yeah, album. That's okay. correct. Okay, I was wondering. Uh, well, that and, word, and, yeah. and actually, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get into trouble by saying this. When I put that album out, the name my name was Digifunk, uh, but I've recently changed it to Hops. The album is is quite old. I won't say how old, um, but Regardless, it's a stupid name, and I was trying to think of something short and sweet, and my roommate at the time, Dan, was taking a leak in a bathroom, and somebody had written hops on the wall, and he said, what about hops? And I said, you know what, I like it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, it, was, it was on, From on the, the bar wall and wall. a pisser. Um, well, but, you know, it just works. Well, so it is. It's, it's short and sweet. Short and, and sweet. Yeah. Easy to remember. Right. Um, so, I mean, we talked about your album a bit. Um, you do have a new track also, which we've all heard, um, where you team up with the aforementioned Shape of the Dark Lord called Men Bionic. Mm-hmm. Um, that really gives a sense of, of how you have interests outside of just music. You know, you may, you both make a lot of nerdy robot references in that song <laughs> yeah. from pretty much start to finish. I mean, uh, obviously you're into hip hop since you sing it. Right. But what are what are your other interests outside of music? Because I mean, you know, music is a big part of it, I'm sure. Yeah. But you must have other things that really drive. He loves you. asking this question. Really, just let him have it. Film. <laughs> uh, I went to school for film. Ooh, that is a good one, actually. Uh, so I have a I have a bachelor of fine <laughs> arts in film. Uh, I am currently an editor at a production company in Manhattan, and I enjoy that job. And I actually I really want to combine the music with the film in some way. I mean, it's weird because sometimes I focus more... I mean, the last five years I've been focusing more on, you know, myself as an editor than I have as a musician. It's only recently that I've started getting back into music. And um, that song with Schaefer was... 
you know, it's going to be on a short collection of songs that I'm going to release in the near future. But a lot of it was just an excuse for me to do something and get something out. And him and I had been yeah. talking about collaborating for a while. And so we finally did that. And uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I don't want to say it was an excuse to make something because that sort of, you know, it sounds like I'm belittling the song. But I just I had to make something. I had to like I had the energy and I was like, all right, let's do something. I argue and, some of the best work can come out of that drive. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I was comfortable doing it. It wasn't like I was forcing it out. Sure. Right? Like, I actually wanted to make it happen. Well, I, I, I will say that, you know, the combination of, of the visual and the auditory arts, we talked about it at length with individuals like Steam Power Drive. Yeah, absolutely. With the Gorillas, which we, yeah. we, we love talking about them, bringing them up once in a while. Uh, it's definitely a very viable medium. Yeah. Even though MTV doesn't do music videos anymore. Well, look at Beyonce, what she just exactly. did. Exactly. We That's actually the most talked, recent one. And we, we reviewed that. that. We right. reviewed her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, my girl. that album actually had some surprisingly strong imagery. Um, um, so, obviously, you're working on then a new EP. Are you planning on doing some more shows? Do you have a tour I... in the works? Oh, boy, I wish I could tour. Um <laughs> But uh, nine to five does cut down on that. It really does. Having a normal person job is, you know, you can't really. And you know, there's only two people at the company. So like, if one half of the company leaves, it's <laughs> kind of it's, it's tough. Um, but yeah, it's I've got I got some songs in the works. I'm taking a break from doing shows right now, so I can get these songs together, and and hopefully the next time I perform, I will have four lovely new songs to show the world. Although I, I've been performing one of them pretty frequently but um but yeah so so we'll see i'm excited about what's supposed to come out and uh yeah we'll see what happens we're definitely excited to hear more stuff from you in the future um any words of wisdom you want to share with the audience things that kind of get you through the hard stuff the tough stuff um be patient with yourself because i when i first got here I thought that I had to immediately get into music, immediately get into film, and that is extremely stressful. You know, it's it's you, you do have to work at it, um, but make sure that you're on your own pace. Because, like, I, I, I recently, well, not recently, but a couple years ago, I bought my own equipment so that I could record at my leisure. And so whenever I feel inspired, I go and I write and then I record and you know that's it i mean i i can i'll write songs and record songs you know months apart um but that's that's what i'm most comfortable with um so i don't know if this is really advice actually that's I actually great like, advice yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah i'm relating this to you know my own that's perfect. Um, no well, i mean just don't just Absolutely don't wonderful. you don't have to cave under the pressure of making it in in new york city i mean enjoy the city enjoy your youth uh if you're still young <laughs> well, you're also being exposed to so much. Youth is in the mind, anyway. Youth yeah. is in the mind. Yeah. Um, just being exposed to everything in this city. Exactly. Might as well take it in and 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 use it. Right. Yeah. And if you're inspired, perfect. Uh, do yeah. what you got to do. You know. Um. I. It's. I don't feel guilty about not making music if I because I've decided to just do it when I feel comfortable to do it. And okay. I think and I think that's really therapeutic as for an artist. Um. So yeah, um, and before we start wrapping up, um, I I would like to feature one of your songs at the end of the podcast. Do you have a favorite, a pick that you would like us to tack on for the audience at the end? Oh my goodness! Can I make a suggestion? Sure. 
clockwork? Uh, yeah, sure. You right, can do so. clockwork. Clockwork's a, a ditty. I will say uh, that featured on clockwork is Tony Bananas. Tony Bananas. Um, A.K.A. Michael Marler, who is uh, actually a stand-up comedian now. He's doing his thing. Uh, yeah, it's a good song. Sure. All right. So we're going to have uh, Steve tack that on at the end. Um, before we tackle wrapping up, as always, Steve has a wonderful spam mail for us. What have you got this week, Steve? Oh, my God, it's a block of text. I have, I've been surfing, browsing online more than three, three, two, four hours a day, yet I never found any interesting article like yours. It's, it is pretty worth enough for me. In my opinion, personally, in my view, it is all webmasters, site owners, website owners, web owners, and blogs make goo 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 pod content as you did. The internet net web will be much more like a, the more like a useful than ever der before. I couldn't, could not resist, refrain from commenting. Very well, perfectly well, exceptionally well written. I will, will, right away, right away, immediately, take hold, grab of, clutch, grasp, seize, snatch your RSS feed. As I cannot, can't, in finding, find to find your email, email subscription, link, hyperlink, or newsletter, e-newsletter service. Do you have any? Please, kindly, allow, permit, let me, realize, recognize, understand, recognize, know, so that in order that I may, just may, could, subscribe. Thanks. It is. It's. Appropriate. First. Best. Best. Perfect. The best. Time to make plans for the future. It is time to be happy. I have, I've read this post, and I couldn't want to, wish to, desire to, suggest to, few some interesting things, or advice, suggestions, tips. Was is, was that spam, or was that uh, beat poetry? I, I, well, I, it is by, Beats, it Beat be. by Dre Studio was the sender. Oh, really? Yeah. I, 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 I find it to be quite, quite unusual, disconcerting. <laughs> quite, quite, <laughs> most, quite, almost, quite, yes, yes. kind of, all sort of, of almost. Um, with all, all the... And including the weirdness. It should also be noted that that was commenting on uh, the gallery photo. <laughs> That's how we always know. Amazing Because the ones that sound the most yes. realistic, not this one, but others, are always comments on a photo or something else. I love that um, picture of that cover. that we used for that thing. Wow. Before we close up, I also want to say, Hops is our January guest. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. It was great to be here. Um, I am going to announce, we don't have a, a, a specific date yet, but our next guest will be one of the Wasties. Another solo Wastie will be joining us in the month of February, Sarah Bisman. She's going to play some guitar for us, talk about uh, talk about with us her time on Law & Order. Um, she recently filmed on that. Um, John is going to tell us what he's picking for next week. Next week, we are going back to a previous artist that we had, um, though it's a completely different field. Serge Tankian's Symphony from last year, Orca. And it's quite unusual. I, I've heard snippets of it, but it should be fun. If nothing else, it should just be fun. It is Serge Tankian. The, the title name on the album is Das Carussel, um, and it's called Orca Symphony Number no. 1. Um, it's four tracks. I use the word track loosely. It's four pieces. Yeah. and uh, Movements. Movements. <laughs> so that's what we'll be getting into next week. And, of course, I'd like to have our guest read our sign-off, if you would so kindly, and close us out for this episode of Crash Chords. Let me tell you something. Music is life, and life is good. I do jump and jacks from track to track and blaze rap with my metaphorical syntax. More ready than the press for a national attack. In fact, you better call 911. I'm behind one gun and I'm packing another one. Cocked and ready with the rhymes and rocks steady so heavy they break. Sick.
Dembski out of prison Colors attract to create the prism A living, breathing, rapping organism My ventriloquism, me is realism I got mad success, that's a given I'm living large, don't ask jeans and broke cars Selling you shit at your local bazaar Yo, we work the clock and we rock the mic well Delivering your daily news like Steve Carell Hell can wait, I'm in a state of mind We got plenty of time, so give the clock a wind Tick, 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 tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, 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 tock. Shock therapy, rock cleverly, Tony B, still talk to hip hop, bakery, no severally pastries. Y'all can't ever me, you match me, like pinstripes and paisley. Your third eye's lazy, you got an appetite for mice and destruction. Got a poison muffin for your buttons. See your pants, pop a button, see your pants ain't shutting. Dead man, Dan, don't dance, don't say nothing. Your cats ain't going national. Damn style's way too vaginal. I'm rough sex, but you casual. That's why it's taking me out, you ain't even actual. <laughs> you can't stop my flow, the block will know. Your best just flop and go. I'm off the blow. Tony Bananas and Tony Soprano. And I'll also make the crowd go. Like clockwork, whack MC six feet under the plot dirt. See me at the rock concert with a downfall 2012 T-shirt. We squirt bomb ass raps from water pistols, melodic missiles launched from Town to Bristol. I got a fistful of cash, a bag of the hash, and a rash from ripping the mic. I just might let loose and start a fight. Do us right, like rapping them out of sight. My insight is incredible, it's inevitable that I'm letting them know what the motherfucking deal is. The realest rhymes that make it feel so fine. This is end of this. It's like a wine and John, I'm fine in mine, it's my time to shine I may not be baking and making cheese, but you can goddamn well put your steaks on these But you can goddamn well put your steaks on these